0: Welcome, Guardians. It's April 17th, 2016, and you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 23, and we are getting back into Rasputin and Warmind lore. Uh, It's been a little while, and if you're not caught up, we actually have two previous episodes uh, that you need to listen to before you jump into this one, or you might be a little behind or a little lost. Uh, You can keep listening. It's fine. But you'll probably enjoy it more if you hear parts one and two first. So go back, listen to those, and then listen to this one. With me tonight, we have Drop Slash. How's it going?
1: Not too bad. Uh, I've just been jamming through a lot of the new content since last Tuesday. So on the, the fast track, I've enjoyed all the content so far. I feel like the quality of life changes to the game have been fantastic and... I'm rapidly closing in on 335 with all my characters.
0: I hate you. <laughs> As usual. Man, I'm just, no, I'm envious. That's, that's awesome. Did you have like a stockpile of, of Engrams or anything like that that you waited to uh, to decrypt that helped?
1: Yeah, I had, so my characters were 320 to start with because I figured, I think I talked about this on Guardian Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I figured that 320 would be the threshold point. So if you were 320 and decrypting engrams right off the break, they'd be decrypting higher than that, and I was right. Uh, and I had a whole vault full of exotic engrams that I just slowly started decrypting, creeping my level up. My, uh, my regular team was on, and we blasted through all the new content, the new Prison of Elders, the Challenge of Elders. Uh, one guy on my team is currently 334, and is almost 335. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, we got some. We had some great drops in the raid, so yeah, we just blasted through as much of the content as possible to to get those light levels up, and now we're hunting these last few pieces we need. But cool, everything is. It's so much fun to have like a reason to go out on patrol again, to have a reason to. Like the new rep changes are really awesome. We played a ton of strikes; those are super fun.
0: Yeah, everything seems very lucrative now. You know, it, it's yeah. it's a it's a good balance. So, all right, next up we have Handsome Dragon. What's up? Hey, not
2: much. How's it going? Good. Yeah, I've been uh been busy, <laughs> kind of same as Drop, staying uh playing the new update. Yeah.
1: And you and I, you and I ran some challenge of Elders. We did, we did, we did some uh, farming, farming
2: missions together. Did it? It's I love, I love what they did. Um, no, actually, I was discussing it with some of my buddies. They were like, "It's not really in-game content. It's so easy." But Then I was like, what at the same time it's perfect end game content because of the replayability. Like I've probably oh, yeah. completed it thirty times and all I want to do when I get on is play more challenge. Play builders. more, yeah, same. Like that's if that's not end game, I don't know what is. And so I mean they still have the raid if you want something a little more challenging. But I thought they did a did a great job. And we got and the, we got
1: lobbed a softball with uh you know the primary weapon modifier and primary exactly. precision kills like You know, next week it's going to be like you know trickle and grenade kills, and it's going to be impossible.
0: (laughs) I should probably do that this week then, huh? Next, yes, twenty eight hours or whatever. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) All right, and we had to drag him kicking and screaming from the DZ (laughs) over in the division. Beta chieftain is back. (laughs) How's it going, man? What's
2: going on? It's good.
3: I'm back
0: and it's a good thing because we actually threatened to do this part three without you. And this is kind of your baby. So yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. If, if anything was going to bring me back, it was Rasputin. Well, well, and and the Vex, that stupid (laughs) fake, fake hoax thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. I got, I got no work at all done that day, but it certainly got me back into (laughs) And lore and digging through stuff that
0: was so so crazy i didn't i didn't say anything and i just watched the chat and (laughs) oh it was entertaining as as can be it was so it was so funny watching everyone argue and fight about it
1: (laughs) it but at the same time it was so cool to have like our own like we made a channel in slack devoted just to that and just to watch people like burn through it and uncover certain things and find new connections. Like we had this constant stream of discovery going on in our, in our Slack chat. It was awesome.
0: Whoever made that did a pretty good job. I mean, that was, it, it kept, kept everyone on their toes for an entire day, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. So bravo to whoever that was. I
2: would, I would like to say that it's not technically any less confirmed that it was a hoax than it was on day one. I mean, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, Cosmo said it wasn't them. It's like, well, yeah, but we kind of knew it wasn't them, quote-unquote, from the beginning. You know, that usually for things like this, Bungie will kind of go to, you know, do a third-party type of thing and have them do the whole thing. So I don't think that... Well, there's a totally the whole question it.
1: of assets that were used and things like mm, that. So.
2: Right. Like, yeah, you can kind of look at the stuff and kind of see, yeah, this is most likely fan, yeah, done. But that was, yeah, I know a lot of people, like, they referred to Cosmo's post and like, oh, it's confirmed, a hoax. I was like, yeah, he's didn't say anything different than Eric said 12 hours ago. So,
1: <laughs> Well, I mean, it's also not a hoax, right? Like it's not, it never promised anything. It never mm. made any great True. claims and mm-hmm. it wasn't those things. It was just, you know, something somebody picked up on and as the this community tends to do and why the whole reason why this podcast exists is because we're faced with mysteries and we have no choice but to like Compulsively try to unravel them.
2: Yeah, I thought it was awesome. If th- you know, if, if I was Bungie watching that, like it would have made me excited and motivated to do more. Like the fact that they could just, you know, literally put nonsense out there, well, and for the community computi- com- community just to go crazy and go well, after. See, for, for me, it, it was it. just it was evidence
3: that they didn't even need to do an April update. They just needed to do one or two tiny things in the vault or confirm that there (laughs) was one more chest and that's, that's all they have to do. Just like confirm a final chest and then just watch everybody go for six months. Mm
1: -hmm. Wait, the Oracle tones actually are a thing. Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, if,
2: if you're out there and you haven't gone to the, um, the subreddit raid secrets and read some of the posts there, like I highly recommend doing that. Some of the things that they've figured out and that they've pieced together. It's just, it's, I read it and I'm just like, wow
1: yeah those guys are they're in a league by themselves those the raid secrets guys
0: absolutely and it's it's i don't even understand half of that stuff but it's uh
1: I, i
2: remember when when the vault was kind of the main strike even or the main raid and while everyone else is still struggling to carry the relic into the portals and take down the um I'm blanking on, what's the name? The gatekeepers, the gatekeeper and take down the gatekeepers. These guys are taking the relics back through the Gorgon lair. Yeah. Going through the the (laughs) maze backwards, like the jump puzzle
0: backwards. I'm just like, what the, (laughs) you never know. They want, everyone wanted to open that, (laughs) that, uh, that portal that was out there by the jump puzzle that inevitably we used for the paradox, you know, mission when it's the, the weekly or the daily, uh, mission or whatever and that was i mean that was pretty awesome I, I, I still wonder if you know i don't know if Bungie planned that far ahead or if they said you know what everybody wants it let's give it to them you know what i mean if it's if it's something that the community kind they of want
2: another chest we'll give them another
0: yeah, chest. Well yeah not even just the chest is <laughs> the fact that that you know everyone's like that can't just be there for no reason it has to have a purpose well did it have a purpose or did it have a purpose because we wanted it to you know what i mean so yeah It's kind of cool. All right, let's uh, let's kind of start moving into this a little bit. (laughs) I've got a few things that I gotta say. Uh, So first of all, last week we had Seth Dickinson on the show and had an amazing interview with him. And uh, one thing that kind of came out of that was, you know, we we posted our first mature rated episode. And the only reason I say this is because we I made a point to say we would do better at trying to edit. Uh, any any foul language uh, during the episodes uh but we didn't want to take away from uh, the conversation we had with Seth by adding in goofy sounds or or beeps or anything like that and he's a writer he used words to express himself and I thought every time he he'd said something it was was meaningful he 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 is one of those people that chooses his words kind of of for a reason so we added the mature rating to it but it was very easily overlooked when it was downloaded because I had a lot of people message me directly <clears throat> and uh, and email the, the podcast and say, look, you said you were gonna do this, but you didn't. it doesn't bother me but you know so FYI, if we have any uh, mature rated episodes, we will put a disclaimer at the very beginning of the episode so that you know going into it what to expect. Just something small just just uh, to say, look, this does you know contain some mature content listen at your own you know discretion so we do apologize again for that and uh it was just it, we thought that just by adding the mature tag to it it would be enough but apparently it wasn't so we will it's got
1: like a little little tiny red e <laughs>
0: yeah it was it was kind of non-existent but we did try i swear so so there's that now on the topic of the seth dickinson episode uh we mentioned during the episode that he donated a an, an autographed copy of his most recent novel the Trader Baru Cormorant, and we are giving that away. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how to win it. You've got to go back and listen to that episode, and uh, and find out what the uh, stipulations are to enter the contest and to win a copy of his novel. Uh, it's an like I said, an autographed hardback edition, and we might slip a little slip a little something extra in the pages for you. So uh, so it's kind of kind of fun. <laughs>
1: It will not be a $100 bill.
0: <laughs> I, well, no, of course not. We don't have monies, so we can't do that. But we are going to do something, just a little something extra that we thought was kind of cool. Uh, so you want a chance at winning an autographed book written by the writer of the Books of Sorrow? Go listen to episode 22 and find out how. Uh, we also have announced recently that we've got another t-shirt campaign going on. And it is pretty awesome in our opinion. But then again, we're kind of biased. We like our our podcast and our awesome logo that Scooby-Deezy made. And we finally put it on a shirt. You can find it uh, over at represent.com slash store slash – is it just ghost stories? Let me pull that up there. I don't even have it in front of me. Uh,
1: We'll we'll put it in the show
0: notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so you can find it, you'll be able to find it in the show notes, but it's represent.com slash store slash I think Destiny Ghost Stories. Uh, what else do we have going on? Do you guys want to, you have anything to mention here? Because I got one more thing here at the end that I thought
1: was uh, I'll funny. Give, I'll give a shout out to Discreet Dragon, ricks and Raging because we had some hilarious, we were playing Mayhem uh, Clash and we jumped in and everybody was on Warlock. So everybody went Sunsinger and Max <laughs> Discipline, and oh, we no. filled the world with fire. It was oh. so funny. There were it was just fusion grenades for as long as far as the eye can see, and then we were all running Song of Flame. So we're all just stand next to each other and like ape off each other's Song of Flame for like just nonstop grenades. It was so funny. Uh, and then Mandalore Three Fury from. The, uh, the fan chat, we ran some Court of orcs We did a whole bunch of Tier 3s right in a row. That was super fun. Got a whole bunch of 335 artifacts. And then speaking of sort of like Vex in the Vault and things like that, I ran the Vault of Glass earlier today uh, with Gashok, Discreet, Rix, and Nero, which is super fun, and one guy who would only ever run it once. And it still kind of amazes me sometimes when I come across players who are like uh, Taken King players or Year 2 only players who never get to experience things like the vault of glass.
0: That's so cool. I want to go back. I'm ready to go back and and run that some more. Uh, Well, I've got, like I said, a couple more things here real quick. um, Like I said, I troll our iTunes uh, listing and the comments and reviews and everything there. And there were a couple that, that I found kind of funny the two most recent ones on there if you want to go check them out <laughs> the first one says uh, you guys are fantastic human beings I think I don't know listen to this podcast I do <laughs> So, okay, we like to think we're pretty good, guys. So, hey, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, And that was uh, Nicknames are Dumb is his uh, 10183. And then uh, this other one is great, Uh, Jimbo Jones. And I'm just trying to figure out how to work this one in here. Um, This one, it's hilarious. Awesome show. And the host should be on a game show, hopefully Family Feud, because I would watch that show (laughs) 24-7. Get your destiny lore here. I'm trying to think of how the family feud relates to what we do because n- I'm not sure that it does. But, I mean, most of I'm, the- it. I'm,
1: now I am 100% expecting Sherbert Pop to draw uh, all of Oryx's family on Family Feud. It's so like Oryx, Sabathun, Jivu, Wait. Crota, the daughters, and Thalnok.
0: On one or side Thalnok. and then Amanda on Holiday side. on the other side all by herself. <laughs> oh, come on. Sorry. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> little That's horrible.
3: little
0: crosses with her mom's name on it. <laughs>
1: Stop. Oh my god.
0: There's no other families. That's the only
3: family in there's Crotas. <laughs> what about um Oh, okay? It, maybe, it could be Amanda Holiday. The, the what about the Brays? There's the Bray family. Oh there's yeah,
1: Clovis, Anna, uh
3: they're all alive Poor and man. kicking Poor right. Amanda. I don't I don't support this x-ray. <laughs>
1: Clovis Bray II, who may or may not also be Osiris.
0: Oh, see now, at least what I say is true stuff. We know that. Yeah, I mean, we could you can, do. You can, we could do eververse. No, but Everest you could
1: have the. And, but no, the team who would be against the Crota family would be Eris's fire team, but then it would just be Eris by herself.
0: So that's <laughs> less morbid than what I said, man.
3: Yeah, they they chose their own fate. <laughs>
0: Amanda's mom didn't have to go to the city. <laughs> okay, let's get going here. Rasmus isn't even well. Not her depressing
1: note. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think there, it was yeah, that depressing. Not depressing note. Let's talk about more people who died. Yeah. In the
0: war. Wait. Wait. What would that guy say? You guys are fantastic human beings. I think. <laughs> well, I guess we found out that maybe X rays not.
1: He's going to change that to a one star rating now.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's get going here. Oh, we've we've got we're, we brought it back. What did we bring back this week?
1: Uh, we brought back some ignored lore
0: awesome let's hear it
1: uh so i was just digging through and i'm a i'm a fan of sort of mythology and and that time period and there's tons of guns and armor that relate back to those things but there's two interesting pieces of ignored lore uh, these are both rare sidearms so props to you if you've ever even seen them in the game <laughs> uh, <laughs> without immediately turning them into weapons parts, which I'm sure everybody is droughting on because of upgrading their current gear. But anyway, uh, the first one is the uh, Penthesilea C, uh, which is a rare sidearm. The flavor text says, Seek out battle wherever it may be. And uh, Penthesilea was an Amazonian queen in Greek mythology. She was the daughter of Ares and Oterra. Uh, she had sisters, Hippolyta and... Uh, yeah, Hippolyta, <laughs> and Tia Pei, uh, and Melanipe. Uh, but Pent accidentally killed Hippolyta with a spear when they were hunting once, and the accident caused her so much grief that her only wish was to die. But because she was an Amazonian warrior, she had to do it honorably in battle, uh, which explains the flavor text, seek out battle wherever it may be. So sort of the, the constant search to die gloriously in battle. Uh, that led her to fight in the Trojan War, and she took twelve companions with her. Uh, and one of those companions was Antidare, which is another rare sidearm in the game. Uh, and that flavor text says one of the twelve lives on in your hand, referring to those twelve companions of uh, Penthesilea. Both those women, unfortunately, were killed by Achilles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, and then a dude. So the the story with Penthesilea is that. She's killed by Achilles. Uh, Achilles just easily overpowers her. Achilles takes off her helmet, realizes that she's a beautiful woman, and then it becomes smitten with her and mourns her death. And then one of his own dudes makes fun of him for showing weakness and thinking that she was attractive. So Achilles killed him too.
2: <laughs> Stand up guy.
1: Uh, yeah. Also, Achilles is a shader in Destiny. I think it's a, a crucible mm-hmm. shader. So, Yeah. Put your Achilles shader on and then go kill your friends, I guess. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So there's – of the other 12 companions, uh, I could not find any of those names anywhere in the weapons database. So it seems like these are the only two that relate to this particular Greek myth about the Trojan War.
0: Cool. That is neat. And it's – and if you didn't – again, if you didn't hear the Seth Dickinson episode, you know, he explains a little bit more about how – a lot of the <laughs> rare and uh, <laughs> and and legendary items got some really interesting flavor text. So go back and listen to that. It's, it's very cool. So now let's get into the meat and potatoes. Isn't that what it's called when you get into the, the heart of what you're going to talk about?
1: Is your heart made out of meat and potatoes? <laughs>
0: Well, I it's, I guess it's, I guess <laughs> whatever kinda, you say, kinda, man, you guys, well,
1: I guess technically it's made of meat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Get off me potatoes. <laughs> all right. So where did we leave off even? I don't even remember.
3: We, we finished the collapse. So yeah, we the, finished uh, on a uh, ghost fragment Rasputin four. All
1: right. And we had, this is, and uh, again, yeah. like again, if you haven't, Listen to the first two episodes. We go into a lot about sort of like the collapse, what led up to it, what happened, like the idea of Rasputin and rampancy. Like, there's some pretty deep episodes. Uh, We probably ended off a bit. Go ahead. Just with the relationship between the exo stranger and Rasputin, uh, and how Rasputin's goals. A line here, a little bit with Durandal from Marathon. So, we really <laughs> a dissected
0: lot. a lot of those cards too. I mean, we we spent a good twenty minutes on on one card. I think just going through line by line, trying to to dissect what was being said. So,
3: yeah.
1: And then Seth threw us a bone about the timestamps. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Go back and listen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that brings us right up to uh, Dark Age and City Age. This is is
3: dark and city age, which makes me think it's one thing. Which it's not. I'll change my title. (laughs) Here. Dark age. (laughs) And then, sometime later, (laughs) (laughs) the city age.
0: This is our process, by the way. (laughs) Usually it's behind the scenes. Let's change the...
1: So we, we finished off, mankind was plunged into darkness, uh, the collapse. So,
3: <laughs> Yeah, and so then uh, we have a th- – there's not a lot here for kind of the, the dark age, but we have a quote from the mission Promethean Code from Taken King where the ghost says, This was the first station to come back online after the collapse. Shortly after that, Rasputin regained control over the entire facility, but it all started here. Maybe Rasputin didn't wake himself. And so that, that station, or the facility it's referring to, is the one that we're constantly going into during the game. So the Seraphim Vault, Bunker Ros 2, Bunker War 4, the Mine, that whole area in the Forgotten Shore, in the Cosmodrome, is what this is referring to.
1: This is a huge, when I first ran this mission, I think when every time anybody who's interested in the lore first runs this mission and they hear this whole idea that maybe Rasputin didn't wake himself. And like there's the four terminals with the retinal scanning on them and three are active and one is not. And he talks about how somebody had been going in and out uh, using those retinal scans. And there's, they deepen the mystery a lot just with this one mention that maybe Rasputin didn't bring himself back online.
3: Yeah, and I think I have that quote somewhere further down. I might have to dig it up about the retinal scans. Because, yeah, the immediate question is you know, it's like if Rasputin didn't wake himself, then who in the world will come up? And, you know, did some of, I mean, obviously we know some of humanity survived, but were there. Yeah. And it's always kind of interesting that there's not really anybody inside the Rasputin bunker. Because, you know, like you go to the Ishtar Academy and there's places all over the system where there's just bodies everywhere. Um, but I'm trying to remember. I don't think I've ever seen, a you know, a skeleton just chilling no. down, at, down in the Rasputin bunker.
1: No, I have not either. I was so just taking sure. pictures of skeletons today in the the vault on Venus. Do you know
3: none of them have hands and feet? That would explain how the Vex Mythoclast was fashioned for human hands. They had, <laughs> <laughs> they had, they had taken them all. <laughs> For research <laughs> and the, the first
1: version of the mythic class was designed for human feet because the Vex didn't know the <laughs> difference <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, anyway man. do we what do you think about this language about Rasputin waking himself up because we know that Rasputin sort of put up the firewalls and isolated himself so he couldn't be sort of compromised but there's never any indication by Rasputin that he put himself to sleep you know it's more like he locked himself in a panic room and, and was awake in there it's not like he just took a nap right let me scroll up to the so i'm not i'm not i don't like that language you know didn't wake himself up i don't he never went to sleep he's an ai he doesn't need to sleep it's not like going into hibernation does anything for him
3: he so he says in uh, what card is this in resputin 3 he says execute long hold for reactivation uh, and um, then he, and then it says uh, respite and sign off. Oh, okay. But I mean, was, yeah, I don't think he was. He was in energy save mode. Though. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Was like he was in like he was in the Xbox standby mode, <laughs>
1: <laughs> waiting for his download <laughs> to finish. <laughs> <laughs> so, but this next one is is like doesn't really line up with anything we know either.
3: This the, is the uh,
1: fallen tech. Yeah, testing a fallen tech. So you have this yeah. also from the Promethean Code, which is Ghost saying some kind of monitoring station, and then Cade saying, uh, it's a surveillance port for w- the weapons test lab on the other side of the glass. There was an attempt to co-opt early Fallen technologies not tremendously successful by most reports.
3: Uh, yeah. And I have this one here, and the, time, the timeline placement on this is kind of sketchy, so I kind of just stuck it here. But... um. What's always interesting to me is, so it says early Fallen tech. And so if I'm remembering right, the Fallen showed up during the Faction Wars. Yes. And so, I mean, obviously, so in, in terms of placement, you know, sometime after the Faction Wars. But it's like, the the question I have is, I'm like, okay, so if they're in Rasputin's vault testing Fallen tech, it's like, how did they not figure out that Rasputin was around? <laughs> yeah that's what I don't get. or in and Kate, and there's we'll go over the Promethean code later. Um, but you know, Kate, he's always saying like, oh, I stole the stealth tech and he like he's in and out of there all the time. And I'm like so are people just being really stupid and not like realizing Rasputin was around or what? <laughs> yeah, and it's strange too because don't so to get to that testing center, do you have
1: to pa- you have to pass through the room that's retina locked, right?
3: Mm. Uh, I never. I can't always remember because each I think mission you pe- takes you on like a different path. So. I think you
1: go through that room and then you make a left and then you exit out into the the test facility where you can look down
3: on where you fight Saber Two in well, the strike. No, I thought the Retina room. I thought that locked. So there's the one where you're stealing the stealth code. I thought the Retina room locked that area, and then oh, you it? know you can, you can go down the elevator later to that. You know, yeah, that's one, in the in the heroic version in the
1: Promethean code. Yeah, that's the mine.
3: Yeah. So I th- I think that's what the retinal scan was locking, but I could be wrong.
1: Well, also early fallen tech just means that it was fallen tech that was captured when we first encountered them. It doesn't necessarily mean that's when it was tested. That's true.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, but you have a note here about not it not being successful, and that explains why there's no fallen inspired weapons in the tower. Which I find to be strange because the Elixir and Humanity were both traveler-accelerated races. So it seems right. like there would be similarities in the technology, at least a little bit, if they both were derived from the traveler. But there's – I mean, if – and I always – wonder. I was wondering this a while back. Uh, where, where was I? I was out in The Divide, I think and there was a bunch of stealth vandals running around and i was like man why isn't blade dancer stealth as good as vandal stealth <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but like where did that stealth tech come from is that a traveler that we steal that from the fallen is could that possibly be one of these things well according right. to
3: cade we stole it from Rasputin. but maybe yeah. he got it from the weapons tests <laughs> yeah and well i'm trying to remember and doesn't Varrick's? i need to dig up the quote but doesn't verrix say something where like the stealth tech that the fallen use now are like cheap circus tricks.
1: Yeah. It's not nearly as good as what it used to be. Yeah. Which is crazy because it blows blade dancer stealth out of the water.
3: Yeah. And like I guess, you know, it's possible if this had been before we discovered Rasputin was alive again, you know, I mean, if he's an AI, I suppose he could have just been hiding, you know, in a computer somewhere in there and watching, but not really making his presence known.
1: But. I get his logo is all over all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And wouldn't so. And then when we go back there, when we go back there during Siege of the Warmind, Eris knows that that is a secret entrance to Rasputin's bunker. Uh, And you have to pass through RAS 2 to get to war, Bunker War 4 where all this stuff is happening. So Eris somehow knew that that was Rasputin's bunker. So yeah. I mean, the, the knowledge that it was belonged to Rasputin is out there. So, yeah, the whole thing's weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I I posit because you asked a question here that if someone was doing weapons tests after the collapse, it seems like we should have known Rasputin was alive. So I I posit that could this have been Osiris? And the reason why Rasputin has the conversation with the exo-stranger is because Osiris sent her there to have a conversation with Rasputin. <laughs> uh, and this is this is like barely spin foil. So it's like, well, what, what reason would Osiris have to talk to the war mind? He was primarily concerned with Vex and Hive stuff, not necessarily Fallen tech. Uh, but we know that Saint-14 was sent after Osiris and Saint-14 was heavily involved with the Fallen. Also, we know that shanks can't be taken. So if you're going to build an army to fight a hive god that can take the will of any organic soldier you send against him, just build an army of giant shanks. <laughs> <laughs> Which is way
3: out there in left field, but plausible.
2: Right. <laughs> and we still
3: don't know who the four people were. I, let me dig up that quote. Um, maybe it's on this page somewhere. Well, Here we go. But, uh, it's it's way down further in the notes, but there's that quote about, you know, the retinal scans. It says, so it took simultaneous retinal scans at each of these four stations to get beyond this point. The log says access was granted multiple times over the span of hundreds of years using the same pairs of eyes. Either the eyes belonged to the early guardians or something kept them preserved. I don't totally believe the ghost there because we know Golden Age individuals lived for hundreds of years. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because you're like, well, maybe... We don't know who those pairs of eyes were who unlocked Rasputin, and there's four of them.
1: So. Right. Well, who would have access to a war mine facility?
3: Potential- Osiris, if he was the product of... Of, of Clovis Bridge testing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's possible. I mean, I'm just now imagining I, Osiris running to all four stations, like in a circle, like trying to get them all scanned at the same time. <laughs>
0: Well, don't we have evidence or, or didn't we have quotes of him seeming to be everywhere at once on the battlefield, like instancing oh, himself right. multiple times,
3: right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I, I attributed that to a, I like, that. I think that's attributed to Vex tech.
0: <clears throat> yep. So he could very well have opened that up if using that vest Vex tech. So.
1: Man, can we ever have an episode without Osiris? It's, ever, not like we're, and it's not
3: like we're trying. He's I just totally up.
2: What fun would that be, you know? <laughs>
1: the next so here's expansion... To, here's to be, hoping that... There's yeah, going to be a throwaway next
3: expansion is Osiris. Yeah. There's going to be
1: a throwaway line. Osiris died 100 years ago. Sorry. None of your theories are correct. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like actually, I'd still, I'd still to love to go to Mercury.
3: And I'd still love to go to Mercury because I already forgot her name. But, you know, Osiris has that whole, like... Well so there's the sunbreakers who we don't know are connected to Osiris, but are almost certainly, yes. he's got that whole like magistrates and like their whole like setup going. I'd love to, you know, go meet them all.
1: Yeah. I'm, I mean, I think it'd be awesome if we could have some sort of further conversations or uh, introductions to some of the sunbreakers. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're out there. I mean, the the anvil that turns them into sunbreakers (laughs) uh, is on Mercury. So there's got to be something out Mm. there.
2: That's something I'd like to see in the future, too, is just, like, we have, you know, a a broader history for a lot of, like, the older original subclasses. So I'd like to just get some, like, we got that basic story for the new ones. Uh, But I'd love to get more history on you know, those new subclasses. I think yeah. that'd be pretty well, awesome. Well, hey,
3: everyone wants to believe that saint Fourteen's alive, so maybe he went to Mercury, Osiris taught him in the ways of solar power, and uh, then he, Saint-14, created the hammer.
1: So. I was running the Nightfall, or Legendary or Heroic starts with somebody, and there was a Sunbreaker on my team who was wearing the helm of Saint-14. And I was like, I wonder if he's doing that just to be, like, hilarious about the lore? or. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, anyway, speaking s- of Titans. Secret perks. Yeah, and speaking of Titans, and this next one is is very much during the City Age. So there's Holborn, and uh, people might remember Henial Old Holborn from some of the flavor text. But we have from Ghost Fragment Resputin. It's his, his first dimension. So this is Cade speaking. He says, One day I ask Ikora, Hey, of course I know all about Rasputin. But really, what are we looking for? When, Ra- when Raul asks for crashed warsats, when we send Holborn to Mars to look for computers, when Zavala gets all gruff about the Fallen and the Cosmodrome, what are we really after? If I left my post and got my ship and just went out there tomorrow, real heroic, and I found Rasputin, what would happen? Did you say Raoul? How, I don't know, Rahul? How do you say it?
1: <laughs> I'm just picturing Master Raul now, decrypting engrams in his lowrider. <laughs> anyway.
3: Anyway. Uh, yeah, so this is
1: Holborn's host. Uh, and this same story appears again in Ghost Fragment Titan. Uh... And then you asked this great question here at the end. So the, this little piece from Ghost Fragment Titan is, uh, Cabal moves slowly. We've got time. <clears throat> but the warlocks have had a vision. Yes, that new one. What's her name? Ingora? <laughs> Icora. Uh, <laughs> she's always been hasty. <clears throat> I faced these Cabal before. I know them like I know my own armor. Message from Lyssa. At the Dust Palace now, all quiet. See? All quiet. Why not come with us, little ghost? We're looking for the old war mind here and the one who guards it. And then, I just yeah. And
3: picked, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say. I, I pause at the question. Yeah, at the end, there's. So is the war mind Charlemagne, and Rasputin's guarding him, or someone, or Martell, or is the war mind Rasputin and you know Martell? But yeah,
1: and we know that Holborn. Just little bits that you get pulled out. So Holborn, uh, we know from Holborn's host mark, but ultra from the striker mark. Uh, we know that Holborn was a striker titan. So, fun fun fact, striker titan's leading an entire host. Uh, also, Lissa it's a,
3: that... It's as natural as, br- as breathing, he said.
1: Punching is what he means. <laughs> uh, and then Lissa, so interestingly, I think on the titan episode, we talked about uh, hosts as being teams of titans sent out to particular areas. But in Ghost Fragment Titan, we had this mention of the name Lyssa. And at the time, I don't think we had gear in the game yet with this name on it, but we do now. (coughs) Uh, The Samsara 1 warlock boots uh, have a quote by Lissa the Lighthearted, and there's a warlock bond called No Footprints also with a quote by Lissa the Lighthearted. uh, The bond one is, Gravity? Oh, that nuisance? I never bother with it. Uh, And the Samsara 1 are, I'm glad I can't remember, start fresh, you know? Uh, but this is Lissa the Lighthearted, who is a warlock, so a warlock is part of this host. Uh, and we, we know the other three team members are Tubok, Tybon,
3: and Bale. And I'm trying to look up right now when these... So, n- no footprints. That seems to have been in the game from the beginning, assuming okay. Ishtar has the... Uh... Expansion logos on the items. I think Baxter does. I'll have to check. but
1: Just look it up in the uh, the bungee one.
3: The Armory? Yeah. I don't want, I, you can it, keep going. I'll, I'll look it up.
1: <clears throat> well, the, the other cool thing about this Ghost Fragment Titan card is uh, that new one in reference to Ikora. So this... So Holborn's host was sent to Mars to look for either Rasputin or Charlemagne, whichever warmind they're talking about here. And it seems to be in reference to Rasputin since the the first mention of this comes from Ghost Fragment Rasputin. Uh, this happens... It seems that this happens right when Ikora first becomes a warlock, not even necessarily the vanguard. Uh, so she's she's newly raised... Here, she's a up-and-coming warlock. So this... We don't have a timeline for how long Ikora has been vanguard, but if this happened when she first became a guardian and then had an entire career as a guardian and then became vanguard, Holborn's host happened a while back.
3: So, uh two things. The Samsar 1, yeah, that's a Taken King item. So that was definitely added after the Titan Grimoire was. Mm-hmm. And then I was just thinking, you know, if I course having visions, the a new warlock super needs to be a vision of the next 10 seconds of the battle. And then, uh, <laughs> so, you know, so basically you can, you can somehow in, literally see ahead in time. Cause that's the only way it would work. Yeah. But <laughs> it wouldn't be OP
1: at all. <clears throat> so, and the, this, the one who guards it, sort of fascinates me too what is what is the precedence for thinking that there is a singular entity that guards a war mind like say they're say they're looking for rasputin right so we're looking replace old war mind with rasputin we're looking for rasputin here and the one who guards it how do they know something guards rasputin who is the one that we've never encountered like a war mind guard yeah that's true i'm imagining like a giant exo or something (laughs) well so that's but that's interesting right so if you go back to the story that never happened with destiny and the idea that rasputin was in an exo frame for some of that original story Mm -hmm. that makes sense like so now say they're not you know maybe they are looking for charlemagne but it is Rasputin in an exo frame that is currently guarding Charlemagne until the re- the core Rasputin can finish hacking through it. So there is a guardian. There's something that guards the warmind cores and is actually Rasputin controlling exo frames, which is seriously plausible given what we know. Right. That would be one hell of an exo frame too, if it if there. It's considered the one guard.
3: Yeah. <laughs> And then I, I have a note here at the end on just kind of what happened to Holborn, because I don't think we have any indication, like outright statement that he's dead. Um, well, they use the problem. They use past tense. So like
1: Holborn's host mark says genial old Holborn led a group of guardians on. So that's like past tense. But that just right. could mean he doesn't lead a host anymore.
3: And then there's the uh, the grimoire for fleet base chorus on phobos and i'm trying to remember that's that's not the black shield base that's chorus is the one from the first taken king mission right correct okay um but anyway there's a quote from holborn saying blah 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 it might be clear but so it says later discovered by holborn's host in association with lord shacks and a red jacks fire team and then fleet base chorus marks the largest known cabal orbital defense station in the system. Da, da, da. Um, that's primus. Anyway.
1: Yeah. That's primus to on Valus to learn and Valus Mall. Those are the shield brothers.
3: Yeah. And so I'm, I wonder, you know, if Holborn is still around cause, and the red Jack fire teams are kind of something new. Those got added in Taken King in yeah. terms of lore. Um, but so yeah I just kind of have this question of if Holborn is still around and we just don't see him because he's always out with his host opening stuff up for us or if he died. I'd like to think that he's still alive. I mean if if
1: it's been so recent that like and this quote here is you know, Thuria may be clear but it's not the problem chorus could become that's got to be pretty recent. Uh because we know that Phobos has been pulled out of orbit by, potentially by the Scions, the way it affects Mars. Like, that's a that seems to be a more recent development in the story. Uh, so if Holborn really did discover fleet-based chorus and is proposing that it could be a huge problem, and then we have Shaxx and the Red Jacks turning it into a crucible arena— at some point, and we know that Crucible Arena is very recently, since it was added to the Taken King, it seems to insinuate that Holborn is active up until at least the beginning of the Taken King. Yeah. Uh, whether, he, whether he dies in the destruction of that fleet base uh, or if he's already off-world by then, we don't really know, but... Yeah, I like the think that Holborn's still alive and roaming around out there.
3: Yeah. All right. So that takes us up to essentially where where the original game starts um, that was kind of some early city age dark age type stuff but yeah so now we are to the part that no one understood the first time through the, <laughs> the original vanilla game
1: so and this is a uh, straight from the grimoire the war mind and this is some of this stuff coming up so I got a message a while back, I think on Xbox Live, from somebody who said they really liked that I didn't go along with all the writing in a lot of the grimoire, and that I was very critical of a lot of it, and they were wondering when I was going to start being like start doing that again. Uh, buckle up, because there's a lot <laughs> we're about to talk about that I do not like. Awesome. Uh, mostly because it has to do with Eris, but... <laughs>
3: so we've discovered your catalyst yes
1: uh so from the the war mine grimoire <clears throat> they say the war mines were a legend even in their own time now we know rasputin lives your discovery is priceless guardian nothing in the cosmodrome is more important icora ray and I made a note here that the Vanguard love to say things like nothing is more important than this singular thing that you're doing right now. And then 15 minutes later, they'll say nothing is more important than the thing you're about to go do. <laughs> and then you finish it. And 20 minutes later, whatever you're about to go do is the most important thing that's ever been done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so this is a this maybe, is, maybe
3: X-ray could could a. Uh... Cross stitch that onto something for us.
1: Yeah, nothing is more important. Dot dot dot. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: it's too I, bad he's on he's on mute because we can make we could have all kinds of fun with him. Uh, he's not responding. I could just keep talking like this, but I'm assuming he's on mute because I don't
1: hear anything. <laughs> I don't hear a dragon either, so maybe we just lost them.
0: I'm here. I'm, I'm, <laughs> put, I'm just, I'm just, just enjoying sleep. it. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for X-ray. I'm here.
1: You're so you're fascinated by this <laughs> artificial intelligence and exploring the cosmodrome.
0: I was just letting Beta go. He's got a lot to make up for. <clears throat>
1: that that's
3: true. You know, <laughs> I mean,
0: true. I can I can jump in and talk whenever you guys want me to talk, but you know that just takes away from Beta's triumphant return. Yeah. Well, or. Mm-hmm you know penance whatever you want to
2: call it or slow
3: yeah or slow slow (laughs) crawl back begging
2: (laughs) i mean you did an entire episode by yourself so he's got Mm -hmm. lots of ground to catch up
0: (laughs) yep
1: (laughs) so it's funny because you have the mission transcript here and as i read through these lines i can only imagine them in peter dinklage's voice and i think probably because i've never run this mission not like with the new ghost uh yeah but all this stuff yeah like The vanguards reporting that Fallen are tearing into machines all over the Cosmodrome. I only hear that as Dinkelbot. Uh, Yeah, yeah. heavy Fallen activity towards the Forgotten Shore. This is when you first get your sparrow. This is the vehicle grid. I made a note here about ket vectors, (laughs) which is a quantum mechanics term.
3: A bra ket notation is a standard notation for describing quantum states. Composed of angle brackets and vertical bars. Hey, angle brackets and vertical bars. That sounds like the vex. This stuff. That <laughs> that stuff in the in the book of sorrows. Whenever you know yep. those machine titles, ket vectors. It can also be used to denote abstract vectors and linear functionals in mathematics. But we know that ghost and we're, ghost, t- and we're we, entangling them. But we know that. Well,
1: we know that ghost isn't that good at math.
3: <laughs> he says that during the war set. Right. Question? Resputin's testing him.
1: <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, this sends you towards the Forgotten Shore, and we're gonna. there's a cool bit of lore here, too, that you didn't include that I decided to plug in. Uh, <laughs> the distorted signals that those sort of radio towers on the ships that if you wander too close to them, you hear weird music uh, and Russian, well, somebody went through all the work of translating those. So uh, if you're out in the Forgotten Shore and... Primarily, that's where I go to complete the Amalan uh, fallen captain sniper rifle thing for the gunsmith because there's two captains there that spawn over and over again. <clears throat> but if you wander too close to those, they start yelling at you in Russian. Uh, we scan them for this particular mission. But the four transmissions are as follows.
0: In your Russian accent?
1: I don't have a Russian accent. Oh, dang it. Do, well, e- do you have a Russian accent? No, I don't. <laughs> oh, I don't want to insult
0: anybody, so I'm not going to even try. <laughs> but you know what, is it really is it, it is it really hard for for these to be translated if you are Russian though? You know, maybe maybe someone translated them who's like, "Oh
1: man, finally something I can do." Well, and then I <laughs> wonder if well, if you play the game localized in Russian,
0: is it in English? Is it just like is
1: it in English? in English? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope not, but uh, in the
2: English war mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, right, he's sorry. a British. He's <laughs> a British English accent. <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to derail. Go ahead. Let's read. Let's read what. <laughs> let's read what's in Russian. Go ahead.
3: Uh,
1: so the first one is: uh, there's no one to blame. It's not their fault or ours. It is the misfortune of being born when the whole world is dying. And this is actually a quote uh, from the Other Shore Epilogue, 1849, by Alexander Herzen. Uh, It's about the failed revolutionary movements in Europe after 1848. So that's actually a pretty applicable uh, quote for Rasputin, uh, considering sort of what happened to the world right as he sort of came to his true power. The world died around him. Uh, The second quote is, There is no immortality of soul, thus there is no greater good. Therefore, everything is permitted. Uh, This is not from Assassin's Creed. This is Dostoevsky. <laughs> uh, this line has been picked apart by actual scholars in our world because the translation is rough. Uh, it's from their brothers Karamazov. Uh, it's, it can be read outside of its context. It may not necessarily mean what we think it means. It's all kinds of so. But as it relates to Rasputin, we know that he had like a fatalistic streak about him, so that could be what this is in reference to. Uh, but at all, it also could just be that him logically coming to the conclusion that humanity does not know what's best for itself. Like he, he took some pretty extreme measures to save humanity. But if he really is becoming that fatalistic, then he just could be like, Yeah, oh, man, like <laughs> I'll, I'll I have to do whatever it takes uh, because humanity's not immortal." So whatever it takes for me to protect it is what is required. Uh, the next one is, <clears throat> if, as they say, the coming events cast their shadows ahead of time, then the past events cannot but leave their reflections behind them. This is from Lochiel's Wedding, which is a Thomas Campbell poem. Uh, it's in reference to uh, the destruction of Clan Cameron by Prince William during the Jacobi uprising of 1749 there you go. History. Uh, <clears throat> but this is also a great quote for, again, for Rasputin. Uh, especially this coming events cast shadows ahead of time.
3: That is sort of very, right. yeah. like his, the, his fascination with the exo-stranger now and things. Yeah. So, <clears throat>
1: and even sort of the, the metaphor of the darkness casting this great shadow over Earth and Rasputin knew it was coming. and uh, But events of the past leaving reflections, that's... Man, talk about the machine and future war cult and multiple instances of things and (laughs) appearing all over the battlefield and what the exo-stranger is capable of doing. Like, that is plays right into Rasputin's wheelhouse. And then the last one is, they are but meat pressed in the mouth of the shell. Uh, What is a strange quote? (laughs) Uh, Mouth of the shell is the rear portion of an ammunition shell, which the bullet is actually inserted into. But, I mean, this just seems like a really raw term for (laughs) murdering all the things. Like, everything (laughs) everything is like meat in the grinder, for the most part, uh, concerning people. Which could, again, lead to a connection between the Exos and Rasputin, where if organic people were just going to get ground up, and organic people, you know, just taken and turned into weapons by the potentiality of Oryx you know turning them into Exos could have been the solution there for for preventing that from happening Uh, but in any case they're both linked to something in Skywatch then you go and check it out
3: Uh, right the Fallen are trying to hack into a, a machine in the back room yep This comment of yours. <laughs> <laughs> what well, the ghost end game is always to destroy it. Yeah, the, yeah. Ghost this says we should destroy this thing. It's always the end game. <laughs> yes,
1: destroy this thing. The shrine of Oryx, Destroy this thing. Did we find something cool? Destroy this thing. Don't leave
3: it lying yep. around. Thanks, ghost. <clears throat> uh, and then yeah, kept hitting an active firewall. Old Earth Russian the legends are true of war did survive the collapse okay rasputin
1: (laughs) seriously how does the logical leap required here for ghost so you like okay so we get this impression that ghost isn't whatever the the greatest ghost ever created, sharpest tool in the shed yeah he's 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 not the sharpest knife to cut into the ascendant realm uh he's not quick but somehow he goes from there's an active firewall to, oh, my God, the legendary warmind mind Rasputin. Like, how, what? How did you make that leap?
3: Uh, I don't like it. I mean... Yeah. And, and Yeah. You know, NAI built to defend Earth. He faced he the faced, darkness. Yeah, he faced the <laughs> darkness and survived. Like, okay. like, how Are we he, sure he... How does he even know he faced the darkness? Yeah, how do
1: you know this? Like, how... And this to me is very much like, hey, we need we need this secondary protagonist to be able to reveal information to the player. But this is such an immense drop of information and what
3: is like concerns all of the game and its entirety. And right. it's no wonder no one had any idea what was happening because this huge, huge plot point is summed up by Ghost in like two sentences yeah. <laughs> as a throwaway line at the end of a mission.
1: Yeah, and this is, like, while the counter's ticking down after you face,
3: like, five waves of fallen. And And you're running around trying to get engrams. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So this, like, this could have been such an important revelation. Uh, And, yeah, like you said, it's a plot point.
3: This deserved a cutscene. Summarize. a little section right here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Instead, we got, I don't have time to explain why I don't have time to explain in a cutscene.
3: No, this is a... I have time to explain, or no. (laughs) I don't have time to explain why I know everything. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, uh, yeah, moving on from there. (laughs) And I don't, they've changed the whole mission order now, so I can't even recall, you know, if this, the last array was the immediate next mission or not. Um, Because now it's all in the quest model and it's all kind of screwy. Yeah. But different areas so, of the
1: map open up at different times.
3: Yeah. So the next area is the last array and it it's interesting cuz it says too like Rasputin's protecting something here in the Cosmodrome and I'm unclear on whether he was protecting the array, array. or or whether he's protecting something we discover in like the Taken King,
1: you know? I think I think that when he says he's protecting something here in the Cosmodrome, it means the array because this this next mission, the last array, is critically important to Rasputin expanding himself almost exponentially beyond Earth. Look, okay. uh, this this array opening is what really what enables Rasputin to come back online and start just taking over assets all over our solar system.
3: Yeah, I love uh, the the grimoire for it because it says the the terrestrial array was Dead Orbit's hope to reconnect to the lost colonies of our inner solar system. And then, you succeeded where they failed. The Rasputin- We'll read the mission transcript, so I'm kind of talking ahead here. But, the Resputin seized control of the array. That only strengthens our resolve to break the old war mine's firewalls and enlist its help. In the wars to come, we must reach Resputin and make our case, Commander Zavala. I'd love to point out that, like... <laughs> they had this really big goal to, like, break into Rasputin, but then the Oryx comes around, and it's like, we don't have time for that anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, so this is, like, an interesting plot. There's a couple of interesting plot points here. Uh, one is that Dead Orbit was trying to take over the Array and use it for themselves. Yeah. Uh, two is that Rasputin seized control of the Array immediately. So this is, like, the last Array is, like, the, what, the third or fourth mission you play? Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Within two or three missions, Rasputin has tricked us into doing what he wants. Like, we now have, he's like, oh, go, go, go open this thing. For, this is really important. You can connect to the old colonies.
3: Oh, you did it? Thanks. It's mine now. Get out. Well, but here's the best two points. The, the whole part where he says, hey, go do this for me, and the part where we realize he took it over, aren't in the game. So yes, <laughs> the, exactly. So the player is just like, I opened a, sat- a satellite yeah. dish. And the result of him taking it over,
1: and we'll talk about this in a little bit. We never even see at all, unless you're looking up in the sky during a crucible right. match. But even then, you only see an image of it. You don't actually understand that like that piece of lore is really locked away. But we'll get to that in a second.
3: Right, we're gonna read it here here in a bit. Like here, which I won't say. Which card is it? in two. We'll read it in a second. But like, yeah. if anything was deserving of a cutscene, Resputin two. Yeah, like deserved a cutscene. Uh, also, that strengthens our resolve to break the old war
1: mines firewalls. Like that, that is that is such not
3: a priority ever. Like, well, and I love how maybe we learned our lesson because there's the uh, on the saber two strike. You know, later where it's like, what happened to the other fire teams? Oh yeah, we we found their bodies strewn about the cosmodrome, and it's like, <laughs> you know what? Maybe we should just stop trying to break these firewalls. Maybe. Just ask nicely. Yeah. Maybe just ask nicely. So and that I, has its own implications that we can go into later.
1: Yeah. But. <laughs> For what it's worth. This is my favorite mission in the entire game. Uh, the last array. I love the pacing. I love the enemy encounters. I love the music. I think the last array is probably one of my favorite tracks on the taking on the destiny soundtrack, either taken King or vanilla. Uh, This is a great mission, and I love when it's the Daily Heroic. Uh, I wish the end fight was timed. I wish it was like five to ten minutes long and the waves never stopped. Uh, Yeah. But anyway, so I think we all know this mission. Uh, Reports of a team of guardians that went dark near the old Skywatch. They were running a mission for dead orbit. Had codes to a hidden array that could reconnect us to the other colonies in the system. If we can find their ghosts, maybe we can open that array. Uh I highlight the word colonies here because it seems really weird. Like even now, why would Ghost use the word colonies? Like we know from the Golden Age records that Mars was completely developed. Venus was like a yeah. bastion of research. Mercury was a garden like a lush garden world. Like and there were even, you know, the the exo facility, the deep stone crypt. These weren't colonies, these were like full-blown cities like planetary cities what colonies like everything yeah. was developed we, we developed the <laughs> yeah the whole solar system was developed in the golden age they weren't
3: colonies uh, I feel like yeah. ghosts should know that <laughs> I think there's a lot of things ghosts should know
1: <laughs> yeah that all happened during the golden age because of the traveler and if the ghost came from the traveler then they would know that I don't know. Uh, it just seems like a strange word.
3: Yeah. So, yeah. So we're looking for these ghosts. We head through to the Skywatch, pass through the hive breeding ground where they are now spilling onto the surface. Um.
1: That's another great thing. So, and that is the dark below or the dark beyond the wizard. That wizard came from the moon. Maybe that's the third mission. Anyway, I love that mission, too, because you roll up to that door, and Ghost says, oh, a dead end. They've fallen sealed this door. I can get it open. Dude, if you can get it open, it's not a dead end. It's a door. A <laughs> <laughs> dead end means you can't get through. Silly anyway, Ghost. Anyway,
3: ghost. <laughs> anyway, the Fallen have the Ghosts. We, keep, we go looking, kill a bunch of Fallen, steal some go- dead Orbit Ghosts. And we get the codes. And then this weird line. You've highlighted this. Yeah. Like, I I didn't read your comment, but I had this exact same thought just now. Like, so the darkness is growing stronger. We have to finish this. That line happens. What does this have to do with anything?
1: (laughs) Yeah. That line happens when you're running up the stairs into the terrestrial complex. And now as a player, all you know is that you got codes from some dead orbit ghosts about an array and all of a sudden the darkness is growing stronger and we have to finish this like what <laughs> like this line is so out of place uh and a you- lot of
3: implications about the darkness
1: like yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't like i was really when i first time I ever played some like wait the like am i gonna have to face the darkness at the end of this like am i gonna get to the top of the stairs and like this omnipresent cosmic force of darkness I have to fight it here in the fifth mission
3: (laughs) with codes you will fight it with codes (laughs) Uh,
1: we have what are we finishing we have to finish this what we have to finish getting up the stairs like I don't I don't know again a strange line from ghost that just doesn't really seem to to fit here yeah
3: so yeah at least the ghost says there's the controls I'll see if the codes still work so we at least have an idea of what's happening um, and I can I, I thats sad x-ray would love it but there's you know the skeletons and the dead bodies next to that control station so you feel bad like they were trying to close up that array very shortly yeah. or right during the collapse
1: ooh do they have hands and feet I'm gonna go check <laughs> <laughs> uh, that um, I, I made a whole note here on lattice based cryptography since he always says sure resistant security lattice verified it's working
3: Oh, this is a much bigger note than the other one.
1: This is just about asymmetric cryptography based on lattices. So. It's, a, okay. it's a, just, it was a note to say that this is a real thing. Okay. Uh, it's, it's like, it's a legitimate thing that could, could exist. Uh, and then we this, get this, again
3: this great line from the ghost. It's working outside the array. It's opening. Amazing. It's activating. Yeah, of course it's a vac- activating. You just use the codes on it.
1: Uh, but this, again, so he says that, and you turn around, and that array opens in real time. So it's like the array starts to open, the hive tomb ships come, the music starts, wave after waves of enemies rush you while the array is open. Like this is this, this mission is like what every mission should feel like in Destiny. Like It's, it's cinematic, the music's great, the, the fighting is great, like it, the whole thing is so, this is like my favorite experience in the whole game.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, and I wish I'd make it a challenge mode <laughs> right here. Like you have to hold off the hive for 10 minutes and whoever's ghost is hacking the system uh, cannot revive or be revived because they
3: don't have their ghost. <laughs> yeah. And I, I kind of hate this part in terms of storytelling because up until now we've never seen a hive tomb ship. If I recall correctly. Correct. Um, And then it's like hive tomb ships cutting through and you're like, immediately like, okay, wait, how did they know we were here? Why do they want the array? What is a hive tomb ship? Why? like, Yeah. So this wasn't, I think when the first time you play it, this
1: wasn't the enemy I was expecting.
3: Yeah. You're Uh, like, well, weren't the fallen trying to crack into Rasputin? Like I'm kind of assuming the fallen would be jumping on this.
1: Yeah. Well, the fallen are there. When you first arrive at the terrestrial complex, it's the fallen that are there.
3: True. Uh, Yeah. You clear them out.
1: Yeah. There's like a captain and some stealth vandals drop from the ceiling and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't expecting the hive to show up. Like all we, at this point, all you've done is, you know, faced off the wizard who came from the moon. Like that's it.
3: Uh, Right. It's like, so, so now after playing through everything and the taken King, I can look back and say, Oh, Crota was on the moon. Oryx was Crota's dad. Oryx hates Rasputin. Oryx didn't want Rasputin to open the array to gain access to the moon. Therefore weakening the hive. Yeah. But (laughs) it's like, I I only needed two years to get that context.
1: Yeah. And we'll talk about that more too. Like the the Hive have some insane fascination with Rasputin. We've talked about it a little bit before. But at at this point in the story, dude, you have no context for why the Hive would be there like at all. Yeah. Yeah. it's very strange.
3: Gotta love year one. But then you finish it and Ghost is like, Like, I love this line. You need to, you see, need this. to see this. What am, Wait, I, what am I looking at? See what? I see a, pic, a kind of blurry image of, I think, Venus on a screen. <laughs> like, yes. And
1: then he immediately follows up with, it's controlled by Rasputin. It's like, oh, all that we just did was for nothing.
3: Rasputin controls it. <laughs> the last war yeah. mind, he won't let me in. <laughs> it's connecting but, to defense constructs all across the system.
1: Again, so here we go. The, one of the most important lines in... All of the lore, especially concerning war mines, it's connecting to defense constructs all across the system. We talked about rampancy and, and AI's need to expand beyond itself. Uh, this is exactly what Rasputin is doing right here. The Array has allowed him to infiltrate tons of Golden Age technology that's strewn all through the solar system. He's be, He's gone from being dormant in one mission to possibly the most powerful military force in our solar system in a matter of minutes, and it's in this one line that we learn this. Yeah. (laughs) There Mm. could be something out there to help us survive the darkness. Incredibly optimistic
3: uh, (laughs) view. Considering he won't let us in.
1: (laughs) Yes. Considering at this point he has tricked us into doing this, and we have no indication that he wants to help us at all.
3: Right.
1: Uh, and then immediately following this, we fly off to, what, the moon and then to Venus, and we don't even talk about Rasputin anymore?
3: Right, yeah. The the Rasputin storyline completely shuts down. And, yeah, because the moon has nothing to do with Rasputin. It's just, hey, we lost some people on the moon. And you're dealing with Hive and all that and the world's grave. And then, yeah, then the exo Stranger shows up. She's like, hey, the Vex are really bad. Again, no mention of Rasputin. We fly off to Venus, fight a bunch of Vex. And then I don't even remember. And then we then there's black gardens. So then we're going to the yep. reef, and then they're like, "Okay, now go to Mars." And then like the second or third mission on Mars, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Rasputin." Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that leads us right to the
1: buried city. So yeah, we have to explore what the moon, and all of Venus and the reef, and then a bunch of missions on Mars, <laughs> and then we're back, <laughs> before he's mentioned again.
3: Yeah. So, so the grimoire for the Buried City. I wish I could walk the halls of Clovis Bray. Losing their machines to Rasputin is unfortunate. Think of how amazing that context would have been immediately after the last ray mission. <laughs> but we will still uh, have access to so much we thought we'd lost. This is the dawn of a new era for us. Master Rahul? Is that right? Ra- yeah, Rahul. All right, Rahul. <laughs> Master Raoul. I always say Raoul. I don't know why. Um, I mean, it's awesome. But like, I love that. Like, see, so yeah, I love that line. Losing their machines to Rasputin is unfortunate. And it's like, that seems like the exact kind of thing that should have been the next mission or the next scene after the array, you know? Yes. But here it is two planets later and people have forgotten that they even ran the last array. Yeah. Well, so let's go through the transcript here
1: because the last line is really important in this transcript. Uh, and this one. I do like this.
3: Go go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I, I like the first line where it says, Seems like the cryptarchs are really curious about this region of Mars because and if I remember right, most of the missions up to now are all, you know, pretty much Vanguard. But this is interesting to kind of have the cryptarchs interjecting here.
1: Well, on the moon we have uh, listen to this from an old warlock, Osiris. And then, you know, we have the Exo Stranger beckoning us to Venus. But yeah, when it comes to the tower, it's usually the vanguard of the speaker, but this is like the cryptarchy is its own sort of independent thing.
3: I, can, I would, I actually, just in terms of actual, the game, I would love to have more, you know, cryptarch, lore missions, basically. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I would more too kind of think More the- science missions. I would only only if it's
1: Ives because that guy's got a brain in his head because Rahul has no idea what's going on half the time.
3: Right. But yeah, uh, that'd be cool. You know, we found, like, it, it'd be cool if, I don't know, Destiny 2, whatever. You know, you're unlocking some new tech. You're unlocking new guns. I guess guns are gunsmith. but it would be cool, yeah, to unlock new things, but by going through Cryptarch-type missions to go investigate old... You know, go investigate things at Ishtar, go investigate basements in Clovis. I just want the ability to decrypt my own engrams. A closely guarded. That's how they maintain their power. Yeah. <laughs> the, the cryptarchy would be irrelevant if guardians could decrypt their own engrams. Yep.
0: When did we learn? Or why can we de- decrypt our own uh, greens and blues now?
1: Because there's different kinds of encryption. On different kinds of engrams. Right. Uh, so wait, to... you can decrypt. Wait, what?
0: We
3: don't
1: have.
0: You yeah. remember at one point you had to take greens and blues to the crypt right?
3: I still take my blues to the crypt yeah. Are you telling me I don't have to? Uh,
1: sorry,
0: green. No.
3: Yeah, no, wait. White. You saw white just... and green. White and yeah. green. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> green.
0: I guess it's just green. Sorry. But still, why yeah, can green... we decrypt those yeah. now by ourselves?
1: Uh, because. They're of such low encryption uh, that it's possible to just sort of decode them in the field versus more complicated engrams. Uh, What is... So, engram technology, which was developed in the Golden Age by Dr. Willa Bray of Clovis Bray fame. Uh,
0: And on the Family Feud (coughs) episode, maybe.
1: Yes. Oh, the Brays. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Wilibray develops the first matter encryption process through a fourth state matter, a fourth state of matter dubbed engram, uh, which is a pure form of matter with the ability to be nearly infinitely transmuted. It comes to have enormous uses potential and application. Along with the programmable matter glimmer, these new break these breakthroughs build a new relationship between the understanding of data and matter, helping propel Golden Age exploration to new heights. So. This brings up a whole other thing about engrams, uh, which is, so Rahul, again, this is why I don't trust Rahul, as far as I can throw the guy. Uh, If you stand around him long enough, he says, what is an engram, you ask? Uh, He says, data free of matter. It's actually the opposite. An engram is matter (laughs) free of data that can be transmuted into anything else after its encryption is broken. Uh, Glimmer is the data without matter. (laughs) So apparently Rahul doesn't know the difference between engrams and glimmer, but Uh, in any case, yes, uh, exotic, legendary, and rare engrams have very complicated encryption that the cryptarchy specializes in. White and greens do not and can be field decrypted. Mm. But I wish if you were were a high enough rank with the cryptarch that you could study those things and decrypt your own engrams in the field. That would be nice. Although some blues do decrypt in the field. That's what I was going to say. I
0: thought some did.
1: Yeah, because like if you do Court of Oryx a lot...
0: Yeah, there'll be an engram land uh, on the ground, and then you pick up the actual item.
1: Yeah, and it's usually a terrible gun or... Oh,
0: yeah, they're boots. they're absolutely awful. <laughs> but they sometimes have good uh, flavor text. Very true.
1: And now, with the new expansion, they can decrypt super high. Like, I've yeah, got like a yeah. three, 314 blue engram.
2: Doesn't well, then on that same note, some legendaries even do that. Like, when you do the strikes you can kind of hover over the legendary and if you like, your inventory is full, it'll show you what the item is. And.
1: Oh, that's right. Those are only for the spe- Yeah.
2: Strike specifics. Right. 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 Yeah. But they still shows engrams on the ground. So, I mean, yeah. technically you're.
1: That may decrypting we it. may be, we may be getting into game limitation stuff. You're like, if <laughs> there's like guns right. and helmets all over the floor. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's why we're, we're back to the, the buried city after, and we should do a whole episode on weird stuff like engrams and glimmer and yeah, the, stu- like the you stuff that doesn't
2: fit anywhere else, yeah, yeah. Well, even in our last episode, Seth uh mentioned that his that the glimmer uh grimoire card was one of his, yes, one of the ones he was specifically proud of.
1: It's a great card, uh, and if you read the glimmer and the engram cards. Uh, they talk a lot about what, what it is and how it was developed and why it's used the way it is. Uh, like they talk about how, like, there's a great, it's a, the end of the Glimmer card, I think Seth mentioned, is a uh, newborn guardians often complain that they should be issued high quality gear for free. <clears throat> Are they not, after all, fighting for the future of the city? Unfortunately, this gear requires resources to manufacture. Guardians must bring enough glimmer and other staples like spin metal and relic iron to keep the engines of the city's economy turning. If good times lead to a resource boom, that surplus may help mass-produce advanced gear. So, glimmer is, again, programmable matter. That is what Rahul says engrams are. It's actually what glimmer is. Uh, But glimmer is like raw matter that can be transmuted into other things so like when you buy armor with glimmer or when you turn in when you upgrade your armor with relic iron and glimmer you're really using the glimmer to make new matter combined with the other parts that you have to forge these aspects of the upgrade of the new armor like it's Mm -hmm. it's not just money it's money that turns into the stuff that you want it to become interesting glimmer is also constantly used by the city's industry which converts it into necessary components and materials this helps keep glimmer scarce and therefore valuable it does not explain though why if it is pure programmable matter why we can only hold what 25,000 of it
2: mm-hmm.
3: should not we be able to hold an infinite amount of it maybe, it has there's, weight. maybe there's weight associated with it <laughs> we can only carry a weight of 25,000
1: I'm I'm a paracausal space magic zombie, I can carry infinite amounts of weight.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Alright, alright. Moving forward. Yes. So Master Rahul, for years the Cryptarchs have been wanting, wait, nope, not wanting, waiting to break through the exclusion zone and find what's left in that buried city. They say freehold birth technological wonders. We cannot let the Cabal destroy it. And I'm Can I just say, if it's been years and the Cabal haven't destroyed it yet, like, is there really a threat of them destroying it? Just saying. Well, this also,
1: one of, I don't know that anybody has ever played this mission and been like, or even the first Mars mission, right, the Exclusion Zone. Ooh, the Cabal have set up this, like, super powerful defense grid that blocks all of Mars off to any possible invader's, We promptly land with our ship, go in there, kill a whole bunch of them, and the exclusion zone is breached. Like, like, I get it. We're a really powerful guardian, but we just did in, like, 15 minutes what nobody's been able to do for years and years and
3: years and years and years. Well, and to be fair, we don't even do it. Ghost just kind of dabbles on the keyboard for a second.
1: And he fails. He sets off all the fail safes.
3: Right. And then he kind of breaks it. Yeah. And
1: that's not even... All that does is enable our sparrow.
3: Oh, the the vanilla story is so good.
1: We literally break through the exclusion zone by riding our sparrow through it.
3: And this whole time, you're kind of just sitting there wondering, what's a cabal?
1: Yeah. All we know is that they jump out of ships and yell a lot. Yeah. And and that opens up a whole other thing, you know, and then Zavala saying, oh, we found ourselves in a war with the cabal on Mars. It's like, yeah, that's our fault. We went there and killed a whole bunch of their dudes, like not even asking, like we legit just went in the back door of that place, hacked it and shot all of them who showed up (laughs) (laughs) like we there wasn't even an attempt to say, hey, cabal dudes, we know you're fighting the Vex. Uh, There may be a secret on your planet that could help you and help us at the same time. Let's team up.
0: I've had so many arguments with people about that. They're like, we didn't deserve the cabal to start fighting us. I'm like, yeah, we
1: kind of did. Yeah, we were jerks. You're complete to them. jerks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's our
1: fault completely. And then Zavala sends us to just like assassinate their generals. <laughs> like what what did what did what did, what did Rocket Rocketface ever do to us? Yeah, he like sitting <laughs> he's sitting at home in his tank like watching TV and like having a drink and we show up like murder everybody. <laughs> like can you imagine like the text message he got while he's sitting there? And he's like, uh, uh, all three of your generals are dead. And the dude, in the tank's gone too. uh, (laughs) three dudes on light vehicles of rocket launchers. (laughs) That was it. And they're, they're headed this way. I just sent
0: them to pick up some damn relic iron. (laughs) Yeah.
1: They they were just there. They weren't doing anything. Like we just marched in and just murdered all of them. Uh, no wonder they're trying to find a way to kill us from the hive. Oh, man. Yeah. We, the I feel the Cabal don't deserve us. Like, we,
3: we're monsters to them. So, um, freehold birth technological wonders. Like Osiris. <laughs> like Osiris, maybe. Um, well, it's also strongly
1: insinuated that freehold... So... Just as it relates, so Freehold seems like a city that was built by Clovis Bray for the sole purpose of technological study. Uh, this very much yeah. to me seems a little bit like if you've ever been to Mountain View, California, is like this or Cupertino, California. Uh, they're like the cities that Apple and Google built because they just needed to have like a their own town where they could do whatever they wanted. <laughs> Uh, It's like, oh, we want to experiment with self-driving cars, so we just have our own town that we drive them around in. This is what Freehold seems like to me. Clovis Bray probably is one of the first big powers on Mars, made his own city so he can experiment with all these crazy new things in the Golden Age. Uh, And one of those things very much could be Osiris. We don't know.
3: Yeah. Anyway. Um... So there's the interesting line, yeah, the Cabal could have leveled the whole city, but they haven't. So there must be something valuable. And we should point out, so when we run this mission, um, Holborn, he's already gone in and out by this point, right? Yes. Because Rasputin wasn't alive yet. So Holborn's already been to this place. And, 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 I'm, tr- and I'm already trying to remember, why are we trying to get into this AI? Like, this is how good the story is. I've already forgotten why we're trying to get into this AI. Because um, we have to break through the
1: exclusion zone to find the Vex Conflux. We're only on Mars because the, of the Vex. we're looking for the Black Garden. Okay, so
3: this... Cause yeah, so it's like... <laughs> the Cabal just happened to be there, and we just murdered them. <laughs> so the cryptarchs, the cryptarchs want us to look at this array. Is that why we're doing... Yeah, this, the crypto Okay. Like I'm sorry, I like I really I totally just spaced it and was like, I don't even know why we're looking for this thing.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think um, this mission is essential. You can complete the story without doing the buried city.
3: Right, yeah, I think you can skip this one. And it's interesting because it makes me wonder Well, and I'm I'm just sitting here wondering. I'm like, if Holborn went to Mars and we know for a fact like he was looking for the warmind and the one who guarded it, did he either just not find anything or did he screw up so badly that we're back or?
1: Well, also bear, bear in mind, and again, I don't know this because I don't play on PlayStation 4 a lot uh, or not back in year one. I, we don't know. Uh, maybe as maybe if we have PS4 listeners, they can clear this up for us if they played in year one. When does the Scion Flare strike become unlocked?
3: Because it would oh, make yeah, it
1: would make sense if it unlocked after this mission,
3: because right. that's that's where I've placed it in our notes. Although I don't think I had any evidence for that.
1: Because the yeah the Scion Flare Strike would make sense to occur immediately after this, because uh, of the similarities in 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 the tooth in the strike in the mission. Uh, but again, I didn't play on PS4 near one, so I don't know if that's when that happened. And that would be a good reason for this mission to happen.
3: Cause leading up to that sign flare strike. Yeah. I guess we'll read it again here in a second and we'll, we'll know, but um, we'll not read it again. We will read it in a second. <laughs> so we go in, um, blah, blah, blah. Clovis Bray center for scientific advancement, interplanetary defense, 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 AI development. <laughs> Research um, on the traveler.
1: This place could be a gold mine. But these are all the things we know Clovis Bray was involved in, right? So scientific advancement, uh, interplanetary defense. So the interplanetary defense is really interesting because we know that the Russians developed Rasputin first uh, on Earth. And we've posited in the past that maybe Clovis Bray developed Charlemagne on Mars because he felt challenged by Rasputin. We didn't know necessarily what the exact relationship was between the planets at the time. Uh, And in all of Bungie lore, there's always been sort of this, Mars becomes like a very military planet, and like insurgencies happen there, and strange things happen on Mars. So Clovis Bray could have gone to Mars built Freehold, established Clovis Bray the company, and said, hey, I'm going to build a better war mind than the one they have on
3: Earth. Right. So I like this last line. And then there's another thing that I didn't put in these notes, but we can talk about in a second. But So Ghost says, this machine is still active. And then this AI, once connected to the war mind of Mars. And so that line's pretty critical because... I can't remember if it was Resputin one or Resputin two where we kind of discussed Martel mm-hmm. as possibly being a, or, you know, any other war mind, mini AI. Um, cause yeah, this isn't Charlemagne. This is an AI that connected to Charlemagne. Yes. So, so, and this makes you wonder if this AI was the one who guarded, you know, that line, the one who guarded it. Who oh, nice. It. I
1: see what you're saying. Yeah.
3: Maybe this AI is the one who's guarding Charlemagne, it's heart you know, cause otherwise why is Rasputin and the cabal and everybody's so interested in it.
1: Yeah. But then the last line of the mission is Rasputin is controlling it. I can't get in and neither could the cabal. He's everywhere now. Again, that goes way back to the last array, you know, Rasputin, he's a crazy powerful force in the solar system. Now, uh, so powerful that he's able to like remotely take over ai's on mars from the rasputin bunker on earth because the array connected them all uh and, like this is a huge huge ramifications for even what the future can hold but what's currently going on in in our in-game world rasputin controls huge amounts of military technology all through our system like for all we know rasputin could be fighting with the the Vex AIs to take Mercury back. Uh, if there was a war mind on Mercury yeah. and it was taken over by the Vex, if Rasputin can, Rasputin can get in there with the array, then he could potentially fight them. Like I don't know, some crazy cyberspace Vex battle. But he's every he could be connected to the Deepstone Crypt right now.
3: Yeah, and and speaking of Deepstone Crypt, what and this took me I, almost I think till year two. But to finally notice that this little AI core is on the top floor of this dust palace building, and then it says exoscience all over the place yep right near right near the doors so yeah it makes you this is clearly kind of an exoscience research area
1: yeah, that area uh the, that's the cortex up towards the top of the dust palace uh, mm-hmm so that's where we fight the the scion flares that's where that and it's funny because the scion, when you get to the scion flares there's no Warmind mind up there at
3: the top uh right it's like a it's a landing pad
1: yeah so it's also worth mentioning that the top of that tower is called the cortex and a cortex is the outer layer of part of the brain uh that's primarily concerned with consciousness uh so mm-hmm. if the fact that it's, we don't know, again, it could be a translation thing. We don't know why it's called the Cortex. If it was originally called the Cortex during the Golden Age, uh, it makes sense that if Clovis Bray was doing AI and super consciousness development up there, that's appropriately named. Uh, but that's a that name is open to a lot of, sort of speculation about what actually was happening up there and why the Cabal would send the Scion flares there. I mean, those things are a joke if you have a sword, which I always (laughs) do. Uh, (laughs) But I was always expecting to, like, I was waiting for that strike to come to the Xbox One because I wanted to get to the top of that tower and find the Warmind up there at the top. Uh, But it's not there.
3: Nothing there. So this next section, we can change the order here. So I put the Ghost Fragment Rasputin 2 next. Because of that last line where Rasputin's everywhere now? Yeah. Um, So we could read that first and then jump to Dust Palace or go to Dust Palace and then back to that. And Dust Palace is pretty short.
1: Yeah, well, let's just go right to Dust
3: Palace. Okay. So this one's pretty short. Um, There's not a lot of dialogue in that strike. But basically, a new Cobalt Force has unleashed powerful sound flares to seize control of the old Martian Warmind. And I don't like that line because we just learned learned in the previous mission that that cortex thing isn't the war mind. Yeah. Um, Face this new threat and secure what remains of the ancient network.
1: Yeah, and then when you're flying in, uh, Cade is like, the dust palace is lost to us again, back in Cabal hands. Word is, they've let scion flares out of their cages to dig around the central AI's cortex. Which means that they really want what's buried in there. Rasputin was protecting it, it's valuable. We've got to flush those flares out.
3: There's a lot of of timing. I'm thinking then that the the palace took place after that mission.
1: Yes. So we don't know. It says the central AI's cortex. Is that the actual AI's cortex, like its consciousness center? Or is that the area we go to, the cortex?
3: Uh, Right. And the central, and I mean, previously it says the war mind, but the central AI seems more like the building. AI. Yes. Yeah. The building AI.
1: Also, I, I don't. Th- Cade doesn't know that Rasputin was protecting it. You know, in in the mission, we learned that Rasputin took it over and locked everyone out. That may not have been for protection. That may be because Rasputin wants to control the Martian war assets.
3: Right. Which 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 starts taking me back to like the one who guards it. I want to believe that's Martel or some other AI. I'm thinking it's just not good writing. And the one who guards it was Rasputin, even though it was never actually revealed that Rasputin was guarding anything. Yeah. You know.
1: And then again, at the end of the mission, Cade says, you know, if those and flares were tangling wa- with Rasputin, they're way more powerful than we realize.
3: And we don't even know that they were actually competing. Like- <laughs> yeah, we
1: don't. Yeah, at all. Uh, and again, this is, if you didn't play on PS4 in year one, this is completely lost to you. Like it ends with a previous mission and all we know is Rasputin is controlling an AI that used to connect to the war mind of Mars. Yeah. Uh, but this this strike adds a lot more information. May not all all of it may not be true or accurate, but its the implications are way higher with this strike than they are with the mission.
3: Yeah. Uh, So, and it's a short, there's only here, one, two, three, literally four lines in the mission. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, go to the top of the palace, all right, they're all dead. And then the line you read about, tangling with Rasputin. So. So,
1: But then we will backtrack to Ghost Fragment Rasputin 2, and we'll find out why the flares were there in the first place.
3: Yeah. And this is the one where I'm like, if anything deserved a cinematic, this deserved a cinematic. Yes. Um... So I got my own little summary I kind of wrote here. So yes, yeah, so with Rasputin now controlling the controls Mars, um, he begins to test his powers. I think I did this because yeah, I don't have the entire card here because it's a pretty long card. Yeah. So we can either read kind of my summary of the first part, or or just actually dig up the whole card and read the entire thing.
1: Now we can just do um, this the summary. So this okay. is this is the recounting of a hunter on Mars.
3: Yeah. So the early portions of the card, there's a hunter who was sent to Mars by Cade. And she was sent there to hunt down Vallis Tauric. Tauric. Um and then so she finds her and she finds herself witness to a battle at Meridian Bay, um, and it's between Cabal and Vex. And then it says, but she can feel something else watching, and I don't know if that's because she's an exo and has crazy senses, or it's just you know the hairs on the back of her neck stood up. But anyway, so there's a battle with Cabal and Vex. The hunter is kind of perched, you know, off in the distance, watching it. And then this ne- the portion we're going to read happens. And Dragon, you haven't talked enough. Where are you? Re- read this thing.
2: All right, I'm here.
1: I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me. He's get drinking the same cup of tea right. that ballast to Arik was before <laughs> yeah. he broke into his tank.
2: All right, which, which part am I reading? Uh, Ghost Raymond, yeah. Rasputin 2. Rasputin 2. Oh, this, okay. I see now. Alright. A third song. A stealthy regard. Something high above them, not vexed nor Cabal, narrowing its great eye to measure the battle with instruments of light and gravity. Does she remember it? Does it remember her? It feels like she should. She has the sense of something old lifting a long spear, testing its heft. Then dawn, light, a terrible dawn. The sky opens up to admit devastation, thrown down from an orbit. Minotaurs fall burnt and broken with their fluids bol- boiling out. Cabal guns detonate in thunderous chains as tiny piercing fletchets fall out of the sky and find their am- ammunition bunkers. The battle stops, the vex wink out. On the cabal network the voice of Ballista th- Ark roars Find the source. Browse the flares and find the source. She re- remembers word from Earth. The array opened. A ghost of the Cosmodrome set loose. And she wonders who won this battle. Who learned the most. The Vex baiting out this new power. Or the Cabal hunting it. Or the Warmind itself testing its reborn strength. When someone kills Tark and the Flayers. As they kill Drac- Draxus, Whose purpose will they serve?
3: I wish this was a mission in the game. Seriously. Because uh, this like this connects the whole. It connects Mars. It connects the Rasputin story. There's it connects so much information. All here. the
1: things we've talked about. It you know this is like, this is Aurora knives. This is kadiometric weapons. Uh, <laughs> is this hunter the same hunter who was hunting Draxus on Venus? Right. I mean, she mentions it right at the end. This this hunter is, very, sort of like important. Who is she? Who is this hunter? Uh. This the line. Does she remember it?
3: Does it remember her? Leads me to believe that she is EXO. Right, because there's that there's you know the hint that or the possibility that Rasputin once controlled the EXOs. Yep, and that's that line very much insinuates that.
1: Yeah, and then so uh, then dawn light a terrible dawn. uh, Tiny piercing flechettes fall out of the sky. Like this is this is heiometric weaponry when this is when Rasputin it, fighting with aurora knives
0: when uh when something was referred to it previously was that Rasputin or did we speculate that that was the traveler I don't remember
1: well when when Rasputin uses the word it he's usually referring to the
3: darkness yeah, it's capitalized I believe yeah. okay
0: the only the only reason I say that is whenever you said that uh you know I mean It could fit also that you know guardians in general don't remember much. So could the guardians remember something? You know, not necessarily in Exo specifically, but
3: all right. Well, then she she maybe she's seen these weapons before. You know, but then she asked. She died, or does it remember? Does it remember her?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, like, so, and then the question becomes. Did she survive this because she was far away and observing or did she survive this because Rasputin realized that one of his exo children was nearby and directed these weapons away from her
2: Mhm and then even answers I mean, it feels like she should like she should yeah. remember it
3: the uh, I kind of just had the realization like at this point, it seems like anything that's alive in the solar system, to a degree, it feels like it's alive because Rasputin's allowing it. Yes, <laughs> because here the cabal, the the vex, like you know, they were no object to him. It was quite easy to wipe them out. Yeah, and and, and also I realized the reason I put this in the notes before Dust Palace, I think, is because that line where it says, you know, rouse the flares, find the source so i'm thinking this took place and then after this we get the dust palace strike
1: yes yeah and that's valus to saying hey i want to know what what caused this crazy orbital strike to happen
3: and so could you imagine if the strike had opened with this cinematic and then like it ends with valus tower like rousing the flares and yelling at them to find the source and then we drop into the dust palace strike
1: or uh, not even not even such a that. missed
3: opportunity <laughs> well if you're considering the timing which we don't
1: know like the first time we break through the exclusion zone like it would be amazing if in the distance you just see like the sky light on fire and this like this rain of light comes crashing down off in the distance and just levels something out there and we can't get to it yet because we've just broken through the exclusion zone by ourselves, but Rasputin is already like showing how powerful he is somewhere else on Mars. It's like, oh man, am I going to, am I going to ride into that? Like,
3: yeah, it's like you were saying with the, you, you love the last array mission because it's cinematic, you know, yeah. in a sense where the array is opening in the background, then you have the waves of enemies. Yeah. It'd be cool if, you know, as you start a mission or as you're ending a mission, yeah, some cinematic type event is kind of occurring you know, like that occurs in the distance. And so immediately in the mission, you're like, oh, man, like I want to go check out what's happening there. Yeah. And we see
1: this, and again, this is hidden away in one of the Crucible uh, maps, which we've talked about before, and I don't remember off the top of my head uh, which one it is. Uh, But you can look up in the sky and see Rasputin's warsats, and the patterns they create across the sky, like you're you're fighting on this Meridian Bay battlefield, or you're in an area that was very close to uh, where this all happened. What Mars map is that? Is that Firebase Delphi? There's one you have to look way up in the sky to see it, uh, but you can see the the WARSAT patterns up there. I know I put a I put a photo of it in one of our our really early show notes, but. <laughs> If I go back well, to any please, of the, if I go back to any of the old show notes, it takes a thousand years to load them because there's so many comments. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, we'll find it another day. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's that's that card, pretty much. I love it, and let's see. And I do love that last line. Whose it's purpose ba- will they? Whose purpose will they serve? Because it's all back to kind of. Everything we're doing, we're just pawns for Rasputin. It's Bastion is the map. Okay,
1: uh, uh, and I will put a link to uh, the actual that actual screenshot. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, and where you can very clearly see the war sets in the sky and all the devastation
3: that's happened on the field. And that's the really big one too, right? Yes. Yes. So that would explain why we don't see it very often. Yep. So. Alrighty, so next, skipping over Dust Palace. Um, so here we kind of go back into... This is kind of on the bridge, right right after the vanilla game is kind of wrapping up, and before the Dark Below starts, I just have the original Rasputin grimoire in here to kind of reiterate the Vanguard's original hopes for Rasputin. So, I'll just read this really quick. Okay, um, Threatened by a convergence of fallen and high forces, Rasputin exploited the reactivation of the Cosmodrome's terrestrial space array to extend itself across the inner solar system. The Guardian Vanguard hoped that Rasputin might make a powerful ally, capable of mapping and reviving Golden Age military assets, and recruiting them for the city's defenses. But Rasputin has proven recalcitrant and high-handed, unresponsive to the city's outreach. We cannot characterize Rasputin's strategic objectives and capabilities, Cannot define its physical or computational architecture. Cannot ascertain its disposition with regard to the city. And cannot be sure it retains memory of events before the collapse. Perhaps what remains is only an automatic shell, defending itself by reflex. No. <laughs> or perhaps Rasputin's objective has changed. Transformed by some vital information obtained during those dark days. Yes. Rasputin's survival opens the possibility that other war mines may be revivable. Please. Opening weapons systems to aid in city defenses. The Vanguard and the consensus hope that continued outreach uh, towards Rasputin will develop into a strategic alliance. Remind me the consensus. Is that Speaker plus Vanguard? Plus that's,
1: factions? Yes, that's the, yeah, the triangle of Speaker, Vanguard, and factions all balancing
3: each other out. Okay. So yeah, so that's kind of... I like that card just because it's a nice summary of what occurred and it's a nice summary of kind of what their hopes are and like, you know, their initial ideas of what Rasputin may be doing. And a lot of those questions he asks, we already know the answers to. And we also know that a lot of those original hopes are kind of dashed. And for listeners, if you don't know,
1: recalcitrant just means uncooperative. Cool. I read it like I knew, but I really (laughs) didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. It just means somebody who's, very, very uncooperative or stubborn. So, But yeah, that's a great, yeah. that card's a great summary. Uh, and it shows that we don't, we don't know. We don't know what Rasputin's up to for all our positing and for all our sort of looking in and seeing what's possible within the game itself. He's hugely powerful and he owes allegiance to nobody. I mean, he could decide that the Guardians are a threat to humanity and annihilate all of us.
3: And so, so going into the dark below, I love this card because it's more of like, hey, look, Resputin has to do with everything, but you wouldn't have known that. <laughs> so it's, it's Omnigol, um, in Ghost Fragment Hive 3. And you've got some, I'll let you read this drop since you've got some comments in here or read the parts you want, but it's hilarious because yeah, it starts talking about Omnigol is here for Rasputin. I mean, I, I, you can get that, I guess, from the, you know, the mission where she's in the bunker, but... It kind of goes back to, like, Rasputin's the center point of this game in a sense, but yeah, sometimes he's relegated to the background. Well, this is huge, right? This is the first time we ever
1: get into—well, that's the mission, RAS-2, the actual Rasputin bunker. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here that just—and again, a lot of this is—again, Eris is not reliable with her information. She just says things that are impossible to prove or just completely contradict herself in other areas. So I take everything that she says with a complete grain of salt. Also some of these cards, I, I hate this conversation between Ikora and Eris. Like it is just, they say here in a thousand words, what could have been said in 15. Like it's just, this conversation <laughs> does not play out like a conversation between two people would actually play out. Uh,
3: Wow, I, just, I scrolled down to see when this thing ended and I realized what you are saying. <laughs> yeah, It just goes and goes.
1: It just, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so the the tagline for this card is the nightmares will crawl across this world and the machines of old will rest silent as they witness the final light of this seemingly eternal dusk. Doesn't say Eris said that, but Eris said that. <laughs> uh, so this is a conversation between Ikora and Eris about Omnigul and what they're trying, to, they're trying to discern what Omnigul's motivations are. Uh, I don't think there's a need to read the whole thing, but there's a great line in here by Ikora where she says, uh, No, <laughs> not I don't question your belief. I'm asking why she is here. Why Earth? Please try to be clear. This is, there's no time for cryptic half-answers and almost-truths. And then I put the comment, why can't we say that to Eris? Uh, <laughs> and
3: Eris's reply just, heh. Yeah.
1: Still, she laughs. laughs. Uh, there may be no stopping what comes. The hive in old Russia, in that dead land, their assault in the Cosmodrome is no coincidence. They move against the light with purpose, always with purpose. And then Icora says, The war mind? Uh, and Eris says, Rasputin, yes the last failsafe against the night how does she know that uh, anyway Ikora. uh he's still yet to heed our calls i'm aware but it seems but seems just eris just is enough just can save us all how why does eris have so much faith in rasputin i don't understand where this like Eris is completely so, convinced that Rasputin is this great benevolent thing that will save everybody. How does she know that? We just recently discovered that Rasputin was even in existence.
3: Right. Well, I'm thinking this is spin foil, but I mean we know that Oryx hates Rasputin. And I mean the Hive, I mean Omnigal clearly knows about Rasputin. The Hive have always had this fascination with Rasputin. Yeah. Um in the in the new strike, the Malak, strike one of the uh lines Eris, the ghost says like how does she see this stuff or something along those lines and and Eris basically says i see better now than i ever did yeah um and so it it makes me wonder if like she knows a lot of these things because of things she can see from the hives perspective that maybe we can't
0: didn't the ghost say something like but she's blindfolded
1: yeah
3: (laughs) yeah and then yeah and but she's like, "I see better with these three eyes than I ever." Something like that. But that doesn't explain. Like, maybe if she was totally devoted to her fanaticism, but
1: like, so she has witnessed via third party that Rasputin could pose a threat to the hive, and suddenly she's like, "Rasputin can save us all. He he can do it. He can do it. That's that's the one. Go find him. Like,
3: <laughs> come on." Yeah, uh, and can I just point out, like. So I love how there's this whole thing where it's like Omnigol wants Rasputin da da da, and it's like oh like that's why the hives showed up in the last array.
1: Yes, we yeah. learned that way
3: later. Yeah, because Omnigol basically sent them essentially. Yes, and those yeah. are
1: those are yellow hive that attack you in the last array, which are Crota's minions. Right. <laughs> uh and there's a couple more lines here. So Eris. I don't know. Destroying Rasputin would cost us a treasure beyond belief, but such fury twisted to the Hive's ends. This is something I've never understood in all of the Dark Below. Like, Okay, I understand that Rasputin poses a huge threat to the Hive. He poses a huge threat potentially to Oryx. We've discussed numerous reasons why. Uh, but why does any anybody think that they could control Rasputin? Even the Hive have to understand that and I sort of, like, posited a way back that maybe Oryx has the ability, through some paracausal means, to force an AI to turn rampant. Uh, in which case, if the AI had true sentience, Oryx couldn't necessarily take it because it's not organic, but maybe he could reason with it.
3: Uh, right. It seems like he'd want to just reason, saying, I am the end of the universe. You know, why are you fighting it? Join me.
1: Yeah. But we have no... There's none of Oryx's involvement up to this point.
3: Right. It's all Crota. He doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that plot line
1: that the Hive are trying to infiltrate Rasputin to control, it just doesn't make any sense to me.
3: Uh, There's the line, so Omnical's here for Rasputin, Mm -hmm. Eris. Yeah. She's here to pave the way, Ikora, for Crota. Um, And then Eris, that could just be the beginning. He's not their only god. Which I, I do like that line because it's like, yeah. oh, they were hinting at Oryx. But yeah, but and essentially really, that's really that's really what she's saying is but, the Hive need Rasputin dead so that Oryx can come in. Although in The Taken King, he doesn't seem to care anymore.
1: Yeah, but, I just don't think of—we spent the past few months talking a lot about Oryx and his motivations. And he has carved a path across the known universe, destroying— and taking things way more powerful than anything that we've encountered in game to date. And he's coming here to talk to Rasputin? Like, that puts Rasputin on, like, an omnipresent, omniscient level of, like, the darkness and the light. Like, why would Oryx blaze that path and just conquer everything and be like, oh, no, wait, this guy I really want to talk to. Like,
3: (laughs) Right. He he went ahead and just took the Raven and the AIs of the—I uh, always forget their name, but the Forerunners, basically. Yeah, the Ecumen Council. You know, he just wiped all them out, and it took some trying, but it's not like he stopped to talk to them. He just took yeah. a little longer to wipe them out. Yeah, by right by right
1: of my existence, your existence ceases. Uh, right. But suddenly he wants to sit down and have a conversation with the Warmind like that. So either the Warmind is so— ungodly powerful that Oryx realizes that and wants to somehow utilize it in some way uh, or Oryx when, is just completely defying his own
3: logic of the I sword and I guess didn't you posit at one point that maybe or- Rasputin was one of the only true like actual sentient AIs that other AIs that they've encountered in the past you know weren't totally sentient in their own right you know they're controlled by somebody yes yes yeah so that might be the only reason rasputin's unique enough to yeah to matter
1: i think rasputin is absolutely unique in especially if he is like a a rampant like a true rampant artificial intelligence but for for oryx for this for this like literal god figure to show interest in this AI that exists in this tiny little blue world. (laughs) Like, oh, so the Traveler happens to be here. And again, we talked about the fact that, you know, maybe Rasputin did the one thing that Oryx never could, which was stop the Traveler from running. If Loki Crown did in fact happen, that could have been enough to spark Oryx's interest. But man, they put an awful... If that's the case, right... You could never learn that in-game. Never. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And you would never be able to discern the motivations of the Hive ever in-game. Uh, as as the player, there'd be no way to know why the Hive care about Rasputin, except for this insane theory that we have put together on this show <laughs> yeah, by by spending, you know, dozens and dozens of hours reading War cards. Uh, uh so that's it's just an interesting question uh, on why Oryx cares so much about Rasputin. Yeah. Uh, and then we have some more inconsistencies in this card. Let's get through this card. Uh, from Eris. <coughs> so, uh, Eris, it may be too late. Ikora, then you need a new army. Eris, I've made that mistake before. Really, Eris? When did you raise an army? Because I don't recall that ever happening. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh which is amazing because even the first Crota fire team wasn't put together by Eris. It was put together by Ariana three. <laughs> so that's true. Again, there's a chance that nobody knows what happened to that. The only story we know about the first Crota fire team is the one told to us by Eris and she could tell us whatever she wants. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ikora, you saved us all your sacrifice. I'd love that one explained. How exactly did Eris save everyone? Because I think by that point, Crota had already killed everyone. <laughs> I mean, what what story did Eris tell Ikora to make Ikora believe that Eris saved everyone? Yeah. That's a good question.
3: And if anything, it was Toland who decided to just go have a conversation with Death and...
1: And then Eris says, I am still here. My sacrifice was... What sacrifice? You didn't sacrifice anything. You got stuck down there because you were an idiot. Like, you and a bunch of inexperienced guardians went up against a hive god. You didn't even make it there. You didn't sacrifice anything.
3: Like, right. I mean, if if anything, it was our sacrifice. And, yeah, she makes it out like she's, like, the general of this army.
1: Yeah, Like like, like she did some like, grand, benevolent thing and sacrificed all this... Oh, she's the tragic hero of this story. She did nothing. (laughs) She got stuck down there with Tolan's book.
2: (laughs) She hid for a while.
1: Yeah. Like, what is her sacrifice that she carved her own eyes out so she could see better in the dark? What did that do for us? Nothing. Like, the only plausible thing that we have is that she made it back out alive enough to warn us so we could go do the heavy lifting like right. in that okay so she saved us all by crawling back out there but i don't think she had some benevolent cause in mind when she was doing that she wanted to get out because she wanted to live <laughs> not because like she she i think that she tells everyone that she has some giant grand purpose and that she made this big huge terrible sacrifice she didn't
3: she and i mean and then this this next section so Eris says, "My light is all but gone." Okay, we know that. Uh, Ikora, cherish what remains, but know that you have done enough. Your time in the shadows—I can't fathom. Then Eris says, "My role among the hidden is an honor." But it's like her time among the shadows—shouldn't that be talking about when she was trapped in the moon? Like <laughs> it is. It makes you wonder. It makes you wonder if the whole mission was a hidden assignment to begin. If maybe Eris was just inserted onto the mission as maybe the whole thing—your sacrifice. The whole thing was a plot by Ikora Are to get a hit, me? Oh to get God. a hidden on <laughs> on that fire team Eris to learn something. Eris was always a hidden agent on the first Crota fire team. That and that's why Ikora, and then she brought back information for Ikora, and that's why Ikora is so Whoa. pleased with her.
1: Oh. she was always a a sleeper agent. That's crazy. That means the whole first Crow. That kind of makes sense. I mean, if Ariana three. 3- <laughs> received the Cormorant Seal and was a high-ranking warlock and was also a member of the Hidden, she could have been assigned that mission by Ikora and then had Eris placed on that team. That's oh, cool. snap. That's, that's
3: crazy. But Eris was I a hunt- hunter. Yeah. Well, right. But she's a Hidden, so, you know. Yeah. The, no one will suspect. The, the Hidden are the Hidden, right? So, <laughs> Wow. Maybe there's more to Eris. Yeah, yeah I had like, never thought of that before until I just read this, but it was like, well, wait, because we were having this whole debate, and I'm like, well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, because that line, my role among the hidden is honor, doesn't make any sense. Because, yeah, uh, cause, yeah I, I was immediately like, your time in the shadows, you know, I can't fathom my role among the hidden. And I'm like, what? Like, what does her being hidden have anything to do with being stuck on the moon? Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, hmm. hmm. And then, and yeah. Interesting. I think not it's kind what, of interesting not what here. argue, but it's had its cost. Your place is to gather the understanding we need to wage these wars.
2: Yeah. I, I kind of find it interesting here, too, just the language. It, it almost seems like Eris wants to do more, and like, or just keeps saying, no, no, like your time is, you already did you, what you were supposed to do. Whatever. Yeah. And then I wonder, like almost like that hunter mindset where, that we know Cade has at the same time where he doesn't, Want to just be in the hidden, to sit still, or just yeah, yeah. just sitting doing nothing. That he wants to do it, and maybe this is that's what kind of pushes Eris to talk to the queen, and then you know kind of pick up whatever yeah, because it seems to a degree. Plans are.
3: Yeah, it makes you wonder if either Ikora is talking to the queen through the hidden through Eris, or if Eris has decided to start kind of her own alliance. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this next, this interesting, uh, this line's interesting too, where it says. Um, Ikora tells her, but your own war is long done. Let those prepared to fight, fight. And Eris says, and should they die? Which makes you think, you know, she's thinking back to that fire team, almost like Ikora sent Ariana in there as someone prepared to fight. Not worrying about whether she died or not.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like, how do you read that line? Uh, That line could be matter of fact, like, and should they die? Uh, Or it could be read, if there was a stress on the word they, like, and should they die, as if to say, and should they die too, meaning like you already sent one team in there and got killed. What about right. these ones? So the inflection on that single sentence could be really important to what sort of uncovering these motivations a little bit. But
3: mm-hmm. anyway, so then the card ba- the card basically ends with uh, we have to stop Obnagle. Yeah. O- okay. <laughs>
1: Uh, and then my probably then my most played mission in all of Destiny, Siege of the Warmind. Just because if you ever have any gunsmith guns you need to do, or any bounties you need to do, the Siege of the Warmind, save the checkpoint <laughs> right when you first get in there. Uh, and there's 47 hive enemies that you can either punch to death, or grenade to death, or headshot mm-hmm. to death, or use a gun on, or like... If you need to get a bounty done, go do Siege of the Warmind. Just don't enter the door at the end, and you always have that checkpoint.
3: (laughs) But anyway, so I made the mistake of not putting quotes around this whole thing. So there's the Grimoire Siege of the Warmind, Mm -hmm. and the so I got the part in quote the Eris Morn quote, but the paragraph above it, I'm not sure if I typed that or if it was actually on the card. No, so I got to look that up. Yeah. Look it up really <laughs> quick. <laughs> Cause like some of this stuff I wrote my own summary and then I'm like, darn it. Now I don't know <laughs> if I wrote yeah. this or not.
1: I did my best to go through and sort of try and format it. It.
3: Uh, okay. No, I did not write it. It's on okay. the card. Excellent. So let's get back to my notes. Yep. All right. So siege of the warmind, the hive know the power of Rasputin. They've fought him on many fronts. Oh, really? R- really? <laughs> <laughs> R- name. Please name, tell me more. Name
1: three of them, Eris.
3: <laughs> yeah. But this attack seems targeted. There was some kind of purpose in this, one that I can't seem to follow. You stopped them from tearing apart this arm of the warmind. But perhaps Omnigal found what she sought. It's not like her to run from a feast of light. Um, I'll continue to monitor the Warmind's efforts, but be careful of its motives. Not every ally shares our goal. Oh my god, Eris. <laughs> Not every ally shares our goals. Rasputin might have survived the collapse, but at what cost to the rest of us? In the in the car just before this, <laughs> she's like praising how yes. absolutely valuable and indispensable Rasputin is. And now suddenly she's like, oh, wait. <laughs> oh, Eris.
1: Yeah, I know, it's, it's, it's also, so Ikora refers to Rasputin as a he, uh, Mm -hmm. and Eris refers to Rasputin as an it. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, And
3: from, from evidence in game, Omnigold never did find anything, right? I mean, we've never seen any, anything really pop up ever. Yeah, we, we fight her out of there.
1: But yeah, so again, these are these are words from Eris. Oh, the Hive know the power of Rasputin. They fought on my many fronts. Please explain to me what fronts Rasputin has fought the Hive. The most insane shows of power we see from Rasputin happen on Mars, where the Hive aren't even there. Collapse. <laughs> Sorry, I got a cough. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, there's one.
3: Where the rest Perhaps. of them... Yeah.
1: Even when you get deep into the War 4 bunker on some of the strikes, there's no hive in there. It's all fallen. Mm-hmm. Right. Or taken. I think that brings us right up to uh, the Taken King uh, in terms of Rasputin and War Minds and things of that nature, which is awesome because that means we'll get to discuss on the next episode or the next War Mind episode uh, my favorite guardian, Tevis Larson, uh, and the conversations he had with Rasputin. But uh nice we'll save that for the next episode. This this will be the mm-hmm. this is the beta and drop talk episode while X ray and Dragon are <laughs> probably playing Crucible or something. What
2: I'm not running <clears throat> strikes at all. No. <laughs> I didn't get my Vanguard and Crucible packages during the show.
1: Although I was playing with somebody earlier, Dragon, who asked me to ask you (laughs) if you wanted to talk more because they respected your knowledge of the Crucible and wanted to hear more about it. Sweet. So maybe we should do a Crucible episode.
0: Absolutely. Me and Dragon need to just do our own episode, like supplemental kind of, let's talk trash. (laughs) The
2: gossip out of X-Ray. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Did you see what that hunter was wearing?
1: <laughs> what a dummy. <laughs> the destiny gossip out. like
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So, I mean, I guess we are, are we going to finish? We're, yeah, we should finish Rasputin up. Well, you know, I'm not even going to say that. We started saying that about Books of Sorrow, and we all see how that turned out so yeah hopefully I'm still on
1: the hook still on the hook for one more of
0: yeah yeah we'll have at least one more Rasputin episode if not more but uh but man <laughs> it, it's good stuff and and it wasn't that you know like I said I did want beta this is something that that beta is passionate about and, and drop put a lot of time in you know reviewing the notes and everything so absolutely this is this was a great conversation to to be a fly on the wall and just uh just listen in and and I was, I was here. I wasn't messing around. So uh, <laughs> We uh, had a great time. Again, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at stories. You can email us at stories at gmail.com. If you want to send us any comments or questions, reviews, uh, we're up on iTunes and Podbean. Uh, and like i mentioned earlier in the episode uh we uh we are having a, a a contest to win an autographed hardback edition of Seth Dickinson's recent novel um the trader Baruch cormorant if you don't know what that is or anything about the um about the contest you're going to have to go back and listen to the episode 22 where we interviewed Seth to find out how to enter. So good luck uh, with that. Uh, we are actually going to, you know, we were we were gonna wrap it up, wrap up the the contest this week, but we decided to uh, to let it go a little bit longer since uh, it's a pretty, it's important to me that everyone gets an opportunity to participate. So we're gonna let it run for another week here. Uh, so the deadline is midnight. On Saturday, April twenty third. Wow. Central Standard Time, because that's the time zone I'm in, so I'm making the oh. rules. <laughs> I'm so, still not
3: allowed to enter, right?
0: Um, no, and you better not use any no. like I say, what If I use uh, an, like, an alias, yeah, yeah. Uh, But you know what? <laughs> well, maybe maybe we can. You know, Seth was a, a good guy. Maybe we can talk to him and and find out how much his, his autograph costs for us.
1: <laughs> yeah what's going to happen is he's going to listen to this episode and he wrote a bunch of these cards probably and it's like oh that that dude is uh, making fun of my writing again he gets nothing never getting my autograph <laughs> ever he's gonna, he's gonna send me a copy of his book with anthrax in it
0: <laughs> <laughs> whoa <laughs> <laughs> so but no no we're not eligible to win unfortunately but it's such a such a cool cool uh gift uh I can't. Yeah, I, really awesome. I was still. Yeah, it was so awesome that he he uh, said, "Hey, I'll donate one." I got him. I got him laying around. I just picture him like laying, like sitting <laughs> on this huge throne of his own novels. Like, yes, look at me. You want one? Just like toss them out. Here you go. <laughs> but no, it's a great book. You need to check it out, whether you win the contest or not. It's on Amazon. Uh, so again, the trader Baru Cormorant, uh, good stuff. Um, I think that about does it. Uh, we don't have much else to talk about right now. So, again, uh, April is our big month. We're going to try to get some more fun stuff going for you. Um, a few things kind of, of out of the, the ordinary for us. Maybe we'll we'll uh, try to move outside of the realm of audio only and, and do something if you guys can figure out what that is. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no promises. We'll see what happens. It's uh, the month is man. The month is flying by. Actually, In right Uh yeah, it crazy. Yeah, uh, but we've had a had a good time. So started off with uh, our April Fool's Day episode, which everyone loved. And again, sorry for anybody <laughs> who <laughs> no negative feedback at all from um <laughs> 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 Oh man, did you guys see like the like last like the middle of last week or end of last week? We got another comment mm-hmm. about it. They were like oh uh, all we can You're hear like, is x-ray yeah yeah it was like on the what's today today's the i don't even know it was like the today's the 18th t- 10th or 11th yeah or something it was like, like the 10th that. or 11th or something somebody's like i can only hear x-ray is something wrong and i'm like um i think the only thing wrong is that you weren't paying attention to the date i think you don't know what the date is <laughs> <laughs> and then he comes back and he's like oh yeah never mind <laughs> it yeah, was it awesome it doesn't even say april fools or something like that in the it title it does it says uh episode thank you the thank you episode april fool's day <laughs> and it's still I guess I don't I don't know I don't know what else to do. I mean, maybe I should just go back and record a little intro that says, April Fool's Day. This isn't real. It's
1: but, just you saying April Fools for an hour.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm not sure I could do that. I could try, say it like a million different ways, but Challenge accepted Uh that's what happened when I agreed to do the thank you episode. I'm like, Okay, I'm finally gonna do that. And yeah. All right. Well, great Rasputin talk, good times. Thank you, uh, Drop Slash and Beta for all your hard work again, and to all our terrific listeners, our fan chat, everybody who uh, who gives us some amazing feedback and, and helps us out every day. So thank you, and we will see you next time. Have Yeah, good night,